0: Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So easy, Paul can do it. up you wonderful folks i'm alex with swamp rat fishing i've got paul the co-hostess with the mostest and we are back for another episode of bass and Bruce, your weekly distraction from high quality fishing podcasts paul how you doing tonight
1: i'm doing pretty damn awesome i mean i'm doing okay besides the tar heels losing last night
0: i was worried that we're gonna have to put you on some kind of you know you know, watch to make sure that you you weren't gonna hurt yourself and that you were gonna be okay. So I'm glad that you're here.
1: I personally would be okay, but every door in the house luckily survived. <laughs> there's no holes, there's no lost hinges. Um so yeah, so we're we're good. But besides that, you know, wonderful. If I if I could quit losing fish when I go fish tournaments, that would be great. Be, <laughs> I I'd think that's really what
0: good. we would all would like, right? <laughs> Well tonight we've yeah. got we've got YouTube superstar Alex Rudd fishing. Um
1: whoa 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 don't
0: forget yep. Podcast Superstar as podcast too. I didn't get to finish. I was gonna get there, Paul. Paul, we're a minute and forty three seconds into it. And we're already back to how it was almost a year ago when we started this thing.
1: So shit damn asshole. Damn it. Quagmire. I can cuss after a minute. We're past right, it man? because I got questions.
0: All right. Well, hold on real quick. A little bit of housekeeping. One, <laughs> uh, the show is not brought to you by Hooks at Hoodlums because Ken is too cheap to pay us, but uh, we'd like you guys to go check them out. Hooks at Hoodlums.com. They got a spring uh, lineup that's coming out here pretty soon. And just a shameless plug for the t-shirts. You can still get them. Uh, links in the Bass and Brews Fishing Podcast uh, Instagram all right, well let's bring out our guest again, YouTube superstar. Guggen ain't got shit on him, Alex Rudd.
2: <laughs> Dude, this has been the greatest two minutes and thirty-two seconds of podcast <laughs> history right here. Okay, that is this has just been epic. Um I have to I do have to throw in there, just because it did happen and I was called this, um, Alex Rudd fishing semi-professional. Now, thank you very much. After wow. my whole debacle with the uh with the club that i was fishing in and getting kicked out of that thing you know they labeled me as a semi-pro and so i've embraced the title of of alex red fishing semi-professional i don't know exactly what a semi-professional is but that was the label i was given so i'm gonna embrace it and run with it
1: well it's the
2: label they
1: gave you because they couldn't be professional enough to to like call you a professional so Uh,
2: i guess so. i guess it was a it was an awkward situation to say the least i actually got on the phone with one of the guys from the club yesterday and he pretty much explained to me that it's like six dudes who run the club and all of them are 65 plus and like that they don't understand youtube they don't understand what i do and essentially like They were terrified of me because they saw me fishing with Edwin Evers and Jimmy Houston. And they thought I was better than I actually was. And what they don't realize is that I suck, like terribly suck at fishing. I mean, like, you know, I, I did a little rundown of like my statistics in bass fishing. I've won two tournaments ever, one in a kayak, which was just pure luck. And then that boat tournament I won the other day. I mean, so they kicked uh-huh. out a guy that whose tournament history is like as long as what you could probably write on the palm of your hand and forget <laughs> half of it because it doesn't mean anything. But yet. Dude, that I know. mean, that's –
0: that's their fault. That, that would have been easy money for them. They could have been taking all those YouTube checks right to their bank
2: instead. I dude, I'm telling you, and that's what I told my buddy. I was like, at the end of that day, I looked at him and I was like, man, do you realize like what we've done today? I was like, we have really caught them good, especially for that lake <laughs> this time of year. Like just the whole scenario. I was like, dude, we caught them really good today, and like sure enough, we did. Because like you look at the opens. And, like, the dudes who fish in the open, like, it was taking about 15 pounds a day to stay in it. And I was like, you know, we really did something. And we just got lucky. I mean, it was it was funny. It was a good situation. I mean, it's going to work out for the best. It's one of those situations that, for me, it, it it doesn't affect me negatively. It doesn't affect me positively. It's just kind of a neutral thing. That, it's kind you know, of a I semi. Go,
0: it's kind of a semi. It's
2: a semi, man. It's like, you know, And that was the thing. Is it like, it's just kind of like, you know, I was like, it's semi-pro. Is that kind of like a semi-boner where you, like, it's like a half a exactly. bowler. You know? that's exactly. That's it. Exactly. That
0: that that's you grind dancing with a girl at prom, but not the girl you wanted. Her ugly exactly. sister. Exactly. Exactly.
2: That's exactly well, what it so,
1: is. So, so they kicked you out. Why? Because you were, because you Semibre. were a professional angler, or because they thought that you were going to win money. Like verbatim. What was the
2: reason? verbatim what they told my friend Michael because they didn't have they didn't call me they called my buddy Michael who I they, fished with they
1: kicked you out and told your buddy that they kicked yeah, you out yeah.
2: <laughs> they kicked me nice. out via my buddy Michael um, <laughs> and, and, and just happened to be my wife was there because my wife watches Michael's little girl and watches his and his and his wife's little girl. And so she hold, uh, heard the whole conversation, too. And so I got kicked out via my buddy, Michael, and my wife, which was pretty funny. <laughs> um, but what what I was told was they, and this is like the quote, your buddy, Alex, you know, Michael, he's a semi-pro, and he just has too much knowledge, and we just don't feel comfortable fishing. <laughs> <anytime."> <laughs> and so... <laughs> They kicked me out. And here oh, we are. Goodness. All right. Great. Well,
0: before, this is going to be a good show already. We're at six <laughs> hey, Alex, it. Alex, right. Alex, this is
1: a two-hour episode.
0: FYI. Got it. <laughs> but before we can even get this kicked off, uh, you guys all know we like to crack a beer here on Bass and Brews. So, uh, oh shit, Alex, it,
2: we're not recording. You know? Yeah, we are. You're live. <laughs>
0: oh, damn it. I hate you, Paul. <laughs> all right. So we're going to crack a beer. Paul, what do you got tonight? It better not be a white claw. It,
1: it better it, not it, be well, I have got I've got some of those only because white claw surges have eight alcohols and they're delicious. <laughs> um but it was it was a long day at work today. I got all con- discombobulated. D- d- so I'm having to drink what was in the fridge. Um and it's Angry Orchard.
0: Oh my hard, god. Fruit <laughs> cider.
1: <laughs> and and the sad part about it is this bitch only got five alcohols in it.
0: Paul. Paul, alcohols. you are your your level of sophisticality <laughs> is going down rapidly.
1: Alex. Alex oh shit. All right. Alex is our guest. I'm yes. going to refer to the other Alex as the rat. That's the rat. The rat. The rat. So the rat. So rat um, I have gained <laughs> like thirty-two pounds since I started this podcast.
0: Yeah, it's wow. the beer, <laughs> it's, Alex. It's Alex beer. Rudd.
1: Alex Rudd is like seven foot four and weighs <laughs> two hundred and thirty pounds. I'm six foot one and weigh like two fifty eight. So just imagine those proportions if you're good at science, math, and physics. All right,
0: well, that seems like a lazy excuse to drink an Angry Orchard, so uh, I guess we'll go to a real (laughs) one instead. I'm drinking Sierra Nevada Hazy Little uh, Thing IPA, and as Paul would say, it's got 6.7 alcohols in it.
2: 6.7 alcohols. Yeah, Alex, what do you got? I'm going to disappoint you both because I don't drink. Um, is a disappointment. Ever ever since uh, Dad got diagnosed with colon cancer, we've all kind of just – T- totally tried to do as well as we can to step away from sure. everything. You know, dad was a mm. dipper. Um, you know, I have mm. never been a big drinker, but I, you know, kind of stepped away from that, stepped away from smoking cigars like I used to, but I'm going with some liquid death. canned <laughs> yes. water. And yes. I, I love everything about this company, and they give me absolutely nothing. And like, I would go and buy their water just because of how badass it actually is. The marketing around this water is the most beautiful thing that I have ever seen. So, we're going to look at that. You know what's Def. funny? I, is I, I just will... read
0: an article. I just read an article about them in Forbes, and they're talking about how the guy was like, uh, who started the company, he was like, well, let's just make it ridiculous. Like, how ridiculous can we make it? <laughs> and it, it fucking works. Like, it works.
2: Yeah, it do. It so does.
1: Alex, after we crack these, we, we want to hear the story of how wonderful Liquid Death is riding down the road.
2: Oh, absolutely. You got it. Uh,
1: yeah. All right. Three, two, one. Let it rip. There it is. So, Alex, tell us about you getting pulled over for drinking and driving.
2: Yeah, so it's, it's, it's happened... Um, <laughs> The one time was actually on the <laughs> lake the first time I'm driving down the lake and around like Knoxville and especially like on Loudon, the Knox County D- Police Department has a boat. Mm. And so like I'm standing in my boat drinking this and they slow down like and when I <laughs> say they slow down, like they slow down and they kind of like ease over and they're like looking at me and i just you know throw my hand up and they kind of ease by and then they turn around and ease back by and i'm like okay like what's going on and then i realized they thought that was a beer then i had an experience at the gas station i walk in (laughs) i get carded for a liquid death (laughs) i didn't say anything to the woman didn't say anything to the woman And then the third the third occasion was whoop, and guy comes walking up and what are you drinking? I said water, and he goes liquid death. He goes oh never mind, and I'm gonna take (laughs) one to school and see what they think about it next. So you know I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm.
0: So yeah, liquid (laughs) death. If you're out there, listen. This man is putting it out on the line. You should pay him.
2: I'm telling you. I I dude, I don't even want to get paid at this point. Just send me right. send me endless cases of water and I'm willing to rep. I mean, like, dude, like for real. Like it's just it is. It's ridiculous and I love it. It's everything yeah. that I like. It's death metal. It's hard rock. <laughs> it's I mean, the story on the side of the can alone will just make you yep. cry. I just love it, dude. It's it's fantastic. Dude, it's a big Did ass you, can dude.
0: of water that looks like a metal yep. light.
2: Yes. It is. Yes.
0: What, what, what's funny is you, uh, I went to their website and it was like, hey, you can get a free case of it.
2: I was yeah. like, I'll get a
0: free case. Like, I'll try it. I've seen it everywhere, but you have to sign a contract for your soul. Yeah. They write this whole thing about like how like you have to sign over your soul to Satan to get yes. this water. It's like their marketing team is top-notch. And top notch. And you know what? It tastes pretty good too. It, it it does, I mean, dude.
2: And that's the thing I'm most impressed about is like, I got the first can with. A a lot. Of, I would just thought this is just going to be water. Mm-hmm. It's really good water. Like you know, there's water. <laughs> like there's there's okay water. There's like that salty, weird taste in water that nobody cool. actually likes, but you drink it because it's cheap. And then there's like water in a can. And the experience of drinking water out of a can is a completely different experience, and it's pretty good. I mean, I dig it. So I uh, I yeah, try to explain why I drink like small
1: like, surges because it's no, water out no. of a can with eight alcohols.
0: No, Paul, you drink White Claw Surges because, uh, like your stepdad, you like to disappoint me.
1: Well, <laughs> well. first of all, that's untrue. But second of all, I drink that because I don't want to be bloated. And anyway, we won't get into that. Second point I'm trying to make is, Alex, <laughs> intro- Alex Rudd, introduce yourself to our fans and our listeners who are all assholes who might not know you. <laughs>
2: So, my name is Alex Rudd, obviously. I own and operate Alex Rudd Fishing, which encompasses a bunch of different stuff, including YouTube channel, podcast, Instagram, TikTok. I mean, everything. If it's social media, I'm, prob- I'm probably on there doing it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I started doing all this about six years ago with zero intention of it being anything special. And honestly, I actually had this conversation the other day with somebody who was asking me just a bunch of questions kind of about YouTube and and how I got started. And they were like, so did you get started with the intention of like making money? And I was like, man, for the first two years I was on YouTube, I didn't even know you could make money. Like, I didn't know what monetization was. Like, I didn't know that people were willing to like pay you to, you know, use their products or whatever it was. And so I, I started YouTube because I just wanted to. I don't know, share my fishing experiences. Just share the world, share with the world what I enjoyed. And and kind of my first soiree, as you'll say, into like doing it, was I used to love watching freestyle motocross. Like out in the desert, you know, Travis Pastrana back in the day, those dudes out there Mm -hmm. jumping those sand dunes. And like I thought, bass fishing needs that. Bass fishing needs that counterculture to all of these dudes that get up on TV and they're like, Bill, this pro rock crawler crankbait that we're throwing is really catching them. <laughs> That's right, Tom. Like, I just wanted to be the guy that got on there and was like, I'm cracking their head. Like, let's go catch some fish. You know what I mean? And so I started doing that and and it developed into what it is now. And I've grown a really awesome community of people who, um, I I enjoy very much and the community continues to grow. And the plan is to take Alex Redfish into the moon. I mean, sky's the limit. And, you know, I've worked very, very hard, um, to get everything into the position that it is now. And I'm, I'm very proud of what it's become. So.
1: So Alex, your content is, is wonderful. It's great. It's put together. There's a story behind it, but do, do people know you? Do they recognize you? Do they come up to you? Because Yeah. Of the- yeah.
2: Yeah man, it's 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 uh the first time it ever happened, it was the strangest experience I've ever had in my life. Um because I'm a nobody. Like I in my mind, I I mean I'm nothing special. I tell people all the time like I'm just a dude. I'm just a dude who loves fishing who has happened to build something out of nothing with the YouTube channel and all that. You're just uh, a country
1: I, guy that articulates his words really good.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh yeah, I've I've learned how to speak real well. <laughs> Learn how to speak <laughs> real good, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, that redneck will get going every now and again. And when I when it does, a lot of people look at me like, is that Boomhauer talking? And sometimes it probably is. Um but, but, but uh probably a good chance it happens tonight because <laughs> <laughs> Oh, absolutely absolutely. I don't need, I don't need to drink alcohol for me to just get completely off the rails. Cause my ADHD <laughs> does that for me alone. Um, <laughs> you get, you get a, you get an energy drink into me and there's no telling what'll come out of my mouth. Um, but, but yeah, the first time a lot of people do recognize me. And I think that's one thing that I've done, you know, I, I, for a long time, didn't know what I wanted to build out of YouTube, right like I, I think and I think everybody goes through that is like what is the growth process of figuring out what you want to be within your community of people that you're growing? you know, and some people grow a community around education and that they're just a a mouthpiece for information. And that's awesome. I mean, you know, my, my mm-hmm. buddy Ty Berger, Bass Fishing HQ, that, that is exactly mm-hmm. what he's building is. He is Ty Berger, and part, people probably recognize him, but he is the mouthpiece for just excellent information about mm-hmm. bass fishing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean?
1: And, and and it's not a 30, 45-minute it, – it's like a – It's not a tactical bassing video. Yeah.
2: Exactly, exactly.
1: It's, he gets to it. It's right yeah. here and there. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and he's doing an amazing job. Ty mm-hmm. is a absolute – wealth of knowledge when it comes to marketing and youtube and and, and oh, battling the algorithm i mean the dude's day job for a long time was working for walmart um doing seo for walmart so that their products wow. got in front of as many people as it possibly could i mean so the dude knows a thing or two because he's seen the thing or two kind of like state farm <laughs> or wells fargo or whatever that is anyway um but it's, like I,
1: it's Jim with the, it's jim with the red shirt and the khakis right that's that's it yeah. that's
2: it. Um. But, you know, for me, I wanted to make sure and this has really developed in the past, like three or four years is I wanted to make sure that I was going to build a lasting thing. And I knew the only way that I could build a lasting thing was to let me shine through because there's one thing I've learned about YouTube is you can copy anybody's idea that you want to. And I actually encourage people to do that. Copy their idea copy their video Mm -hmm. idea, copy their format, go and do it. Because when you do it, it's going to be uniquely you, no matter how hard you try to be somebody else, you are always going to shine through. And so I really started to embrace Alex Rudd fishing and Alex Rudd and Alex Rudd, the family and Alex Rudd with Bobby, the dog and, you know, the turkey and, you know, you know, Rick and Monster Bass and those guys. I mean, I really started to build this sense of community that these people belong. That it wasn't just a fan and that was my biggest thing is I didn't want fans I, and that's what I tell people all the times like you're you may you know view yourself or say that you're a fan but what I want you to be is just a, a viewer and someone who appreciates what I do and, and and so yeah people recognize me a lot and it's very strange when it happens um, you know some dudes are just like what's up Alex you know nice to meet you other guys are shaking and their voice is quivering and like, they don't know how to handle themselves. And like, those are the guys that I have to look at. And I'm like, listen, I am just me. I'm the most uncool human being that you'll ever meet. And like, I like fishing. So let's just talk about fishing. <laughs> so.
0: listen, l- l- listen, you say, uh, those guys that are quiet. So I, I'm, I'm going to admit. So yeah. when Paul told me that you agreed to do the show, I was a little fanboyed out. Like, uh, <laughs> You, he wasn't. You he was don't know little. my backstory. Yeah, he like, wasn't you know a little. He goes. He
1: goes. Holy shit! Are you fucking yeah. with me? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. He goes. I, I'm just let you know. I'm gonna fanboy because we don't fanboy on this show. We don't. Yeah.
2: Uh, I'm not a big <laughs> but, fanboy but, myself.
1: But, but well, Alex with, is, with is you, about to fanboy so, so
2: ass I'm with about the biggest to fan you've out. ever seen. Okay, go ahead. So, I love so
0: it. I didn't get into bass fishing until about six years ago. I fished as a kid. And then I fell out of it, and then uh, I just, for some reason, got a wild hair at my ass and said, "I'm going to learn bass fishing." I don't even know what that fish is. Like, yeah. I, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. We fished for trout and salmon. We never did bass. And uh, you were probably like the third video I watched on like how to bass fish. Yeah. Like, wh- what is this called? What, what is this or knot? There was yeah, a yeah. knot that you were showing. And what's funny is, before we got on, I found that video. And not only has your channel grown, your beard has, too, because your Absolutely. beard was squirrely back then. Yeah, dude, but, it was
2: all over the place.
0: But not only that, but then later on, you got into swim jig fishing. And it, yeah. I don't know whether we synced up because of the moon, but in my head, I was like, I want to see. Like, that's a, a technique I wanted to learn, like, two <laughs> yeah. years ago, two and a half years ago. Yeah. And I've, like, digested all of your videos on it. And that's all my fanboying, dude. We appreciate what you do. <laughs> appreciate um, it. You're an awesome guy. There's tons of folks out there that like your videos. and
2: I appreciate hey, it. Alex. I appreciate it. And that's all I want, man, is I, I want people to just, I want people to find something that they connect with and that they can use Ooh. and that they find entertaining or they find useful or something. You know what I mean? And well, the thing I, that you
0: do that's well is that you do entertainment, but educational in the same one, and it's not gimmick. It's not yeah. It's not like, oh, look, I'm I'm going to go to the you know the gas station and buy a Cheeto and make a lure out of it. No, you're showing like, yeah. really, you going out on the boat with your dad or you out on the boat with Ben yeah. and you just out there fishing, but you're like breaking it down. You do a really good job. Um, a lot of us try to replicate it. We're not as good as you. So uh, <laughs> kudos to you. But that's all the fanboy. That's it. I'll take appreciate my shirt it. off later. And you can digitally <laughs> sign my chest. Right? Yeah, absolutely. We'll That's that one thousand
2: percent happening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah. Right. We'll save
0: that for the. Uh, we'll, we'll save that for the Alex Rudd uh, OnlyFans sites. <laughs> right. Hey right. Rat, <laughs>
1: quit, quit, quit moving so much. You need to sit more still because your internet sucks, and you're okay. all like, all like choppy. So quit moving so much. Right. Secondly, Alex, you and I, you and I had a little bit of conversation about. Uh, swamp rats youtube page and Girl. and you know the the podcast at some point and and you you okay you so listen be- listen
2: he 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 i'm going to preface this entire statement by this Uh-oh. was wanted this was wanted by paul um he wanted me to say that you suck and that i hate everything that you do um so here's the problem here's the problem i worry because when i joke around oftentimes people don't know that i'm joking um nope because I I'm, uh, I'm cutting that
0: clip. I'm cutting that clip. And it's gonna be like we brought him on the show and look how yeah. he treats
2: me. Yeah, just I mean, just bullshit. Just I've never seen anything quite like it stacked up to the ceiling. Um, Perfect. no, so I'll tell you a little story. I'll tell you a little story about me joking around. I'll never forget <laughs> this. So, like when I joke, I am I'm very just dead serious sometimes when I joke and I have to like, I have to sometimes preface for some humans that don't pick up on my sarcasm that I'm being sarcastic. And we were, I was having a conversation with some guys one time and they were talking about like what they like to drink. And they're like, yeah, I like this beer and I like that beer. And I'm just sitting there quiet. And they finally, the conversation comes to me and they said, Rudd, what do you, what do you, you like to drink? I was like, Nope. But man, do I love meth? And they're like, <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm like, yeah, y'all ever done meth? And they're like, no. I was like, man, there, there's nothing as freeing and such a spiritual experience as doing meth. And I just went on about my not. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure, still to this day, those, those fine folks still think that I do meth. I mean, like, dude, it's just, I, I had been, it. I had been no like believing I had a dragon on my back for a lot of years. I, I told them I had a tattoo of a dragon. <laughs> Yeah. He, he believed me and i mean you know i finally had to tell him like hey i don't have a dragon on my back and it's just well, you know
1: that's my sarcasm. Well, it. it's, it's easy to believe you do meth because you're like eight foot six and weigh 220 pounds so yeah, i mean you yeah. know you it's know. just
2: that meth body right you know yeah, yeah, and I, yeah i also twitch a little bit every now and again you know and i'll <laughs> just shoot off the cuff and say something crazy i mean there's no telling by oh, the end oh, of this Lord.
0: podcast, you're going to be 10 foot tall and 110 pounds. And I know, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. This is like a fishing story where it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs>
1: Get taller, but weighing less.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. a
1: good kayak fish. Good kayak Absolutely. fish needs to be long. It don't got to be fat.
2: Dude, that is the most frustrating thing. Okay. <laughs> I, I, there is nothing that pisses me off more. I have fished in kayak tournaments where I've caught three fish that would have gone like, Literally 13 or 14 pounds and still lost. And it drives me nuts because you catch no. them and they're that big around, but they're, you know, 16 and a half inches long. This is the most frustrating thing to me. Like it drives me nuts, but you got to accept it. It is what it is. And when you get beat by a dude who's catching like paper thin bass that are 25 inches long, there's nothing you can do about it. It's, it's chess and checkers played on the same board, completely different game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's, uh, I think I that's interesting that because. Need- Damn it, damn it, swamp rat!
1: Let me tell my one little fucking story. I caught a seventeen hey, yesterday so, um... that weighed three pounds. Sunday, three like when it bit, it was pulling drag. I'm like, damn, I got a good fish. Yeah. It 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 goes under the kayak and jumps on the other. Like I'm a, my rods over here, yeah. and the bitch is jumping over here. Finally, yeah. I get it. Comes up to the bite. I'm like, what the? Fuck? What is this shit? But I get it, it's a football, 17 inches, 3 pounds.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, it's It's
1: just a a solid fish.
2: It's that time of year for it, too. We're in the time of year where they're getting as wide as they are long. I caught one. It'll be out in the video. It comes out uh, tomorrow. I caught a 4-pound largemouth that, honestly, I think that fish was probably 17 17 and a Holy half inches shit. long. I mean, the fish was just a freak <laughs> of nature. And it I mean, like, like I hit bolt, it. It look like this whiteboard. <laughs> exactly. The only way, exactly what I said in the video is like, that fish looks like it belongs in Michigan because that's where those Michigan largemouth are. They're like 18 inches long and six and a half pounds. I literally oh, caught, a six, I caught a six pound largemouth one time in Michigan and it was 18 inches long. I mean, it is like, it doesn't even make sense how they're built like that. But we're getting in the time of year where that happens. I mean, they're getting all full of eggs, and they're eating crawdads and mm, gizzard shad and anything that can move, dude. And yep. they're just and it's awesome. But, I love it.
0: I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I uh, I don't get to go fishing again until May, but that's like uh, prime time for the spawn for uh, South Jersey. And uh, yeah. I caught my PB last year, uh, big old six pound, fifteen ounce uh, largemouth, which is really big for New Jersey. And uh, I can't wait to go back and fucking slam her again. I cannot wait.
1: Hell yeah, man. Hey, Swamp Rat Fishing. During during the 18 months that I hosted this show by myself, after inviting all these people, I told folks that we couldn't cuss in the first two minutes, and everybody wanted to know why. And I said, because Alex said so, and that we would get demonetized. On YouTube now now let me let me say this and then I want to ask you to tell us why because if they don't demonetize us after those first two minutes the rest of these two two and a half three hour episodes that I did if we don't get demonetized for that shit how in (laughs) the hell are they going to demonetize us for the like how does this what why do we why can't we cuss in the first two minutes
0: I mean, Rudd might be the right one to go to, but the only reason I set that rule is I watched a community guidelines video where they talked about how <laughs> Percy was okay, but it can't be in the first minute, and then I just went off of that.
2: <laughs> so what it is, and I looked into this one, because that rule fascinated me as well. Um, it's one of the reasons I try to bleep out every single cuss word that I say in my video just because I don't want to oh, chance Lord. it. Um but But uh, – what it is is advertisers. So you, like Coke pays, you know, YouTube, Google, pays Google 65 or $165 million a year to put Coke advertisements on so many YouTube videos. And like these advertisers, even though we all know corporate greed gets in the way of everything and these dudes would probably do anything that you wanted them to do to cut your left arm off if it meant selling a product. Um, but because they have all of these super high standards about what they want, that cussing within the first two minutes of a video is just frowned upon by the advertisers. And because mostly when people click on a video, you would be amazed how quickly people click off. Um, That's one thing that I kind of hang my hat on is that I got a really, really good retention rate after the first two minutes. But for most YouTube creators, you know, if you ain't got them in the first two minutes, you've lost them and they're never coming back. And so most people, if they don't cuss within the first two minutes, it's not going to make the advertisers mad. It's going to satisfy what YouTube needs to make their money. And you just go on with your day. But that's kind of the, that's kind of the reason behind it. It's dude, YouTube and Google is a fascinating beast and it is a beast. It is a 10,000 pound gorilla that you cannot fight in any shape, form or fashion. You just have to bend to their will in a lot of ways.
1: So, so I'll, I'll, this, I'll, let me make a comparison here in the, in our little hooks at hoodlums chat, people want to talk about viewers and subscribers for, you know, the social media stuff in YouTube and, and you go look at the YouTube anglers Mm -hmm. and how many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers and subscribers they have, how many views they get. And like, um, I, I don't know the numbers, but you you get some of these guys that I, I think, uh, Alex, you're what, like 70 something thousand subscribers now?
2: 47,000.
1: Um, 47. Yeah, look, don't pick on me being dyslexic and colorblind now.
2: <laughs> so, we'll get to 74 eventually. It's coming. Hey, not there we go. Yeah. 47,
1: 74. It's the same yeah. number. Once yeah. you get past a thousand, it's the same number. Yeah, so, so you got all this right. And then yeah. let's, let's, let's take a step back and go, let's go watch a reaction video on Chris Stapleton's Tennessee Whiskey.
3: Yeah.
1: And the first person that comes up has 6 million subscribers, mm-hmm. and that video has 18 million views. Mm-hmm. And all they did was sit back and watch a video
3: mm-hmm.
1: and react to it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got these, you got guys going out here making 20, 30, 45 minute videos of their fishing adventure mm-hmm. that get tens of thousands of views. And they have a mm-hmm. hundred thousand subscribers mm-hmm. and, and these people are they cussing, they having a good time. They stop, you know, like there's copyright infringement shits with music videos and all this stuff. They're sidestepping. So yeah. my thing is, is, is like you you got to really, really love making fishing video content <laughs> to put that shit out there,
3: considering
1: mm-hmm. that you could take Alec, Alex Rudd's personality and react to music videos, and you could probably have 10 million subscribers mm-hmm. on a channel if you did that with your mm-hmm. personality, mm-hmm. but you choose to make fishing videos.
2: Well, I, th- I think I think one thing, and this is actually a really good discussion, this is a, <clears throat> it's kind of an idea, theory, it's kind of proven itself, honestly, that I've had with several other creators about this exact topic, is that when you look at YouTube as a whole, you have niches within YouTube, right? And everybody's niche is different. And bass fishing is a niche within the niche of fishing which is a niche within the realm of outdoors, which is a nit within, niche within the realm of, you know, sport, which is a niche, you know, and you go on and on and on. You, you get the idea. <clears throat> and, I, and I really, truly believe that when you look at content creators and you look at the content that they create, a reaction style video about Chris Stapleton is inherently going to be when it goes viral, is going to be mega viral in the sense of YouTube because anything over 10 million views on YouTube is what you consider mega viral. I mean, that is, that is like ungodly amounts of views. Like that is life changing. Like you're talking, you're, that's a person Mm. who off that one singular video is probably going to make upwards of a hundred thousand dollars. And so it's, I mean, it's crazy, right? But when you look at bass fishing or fishing in general, mega viral for us is a million views. Like a million view video is mega viral. A hundred thousand to five hundred thousand view video is is viral, and you know a ten thousand to fifty thousand view video is is like a really good solid video that uh, achieved beyond what it should have achieved. And I think when people get into the realm of bass fishing content creation, you're right; they have to have a passion for it. Because, like, if I got into this to make exuberant amounts of money, I should have quit a long time ago and tried something else. Um, right. Should have done something else. But when you get into it for the passion, you should gone into
1: teaching where you can make real money, <laughs>
2: right? That's amen to that. Um. Anyway, uh, we'll go down the politics rabbit hole on that one if you're not careful. Maybe hey, even religion. <laughs> See, um, I, come, <laughs> I, I come
1: from a family of teachers. My mama, aunt, taught yeah, me okay. in high school. Middle school, and you still can't say salmon, salmon right? Look, look, salmon. the salmon. Not salmon. only that, half the people that taught me in elementary school and high school babysat me when I was a kid. There so, you go, I hey, hey, Bo, I know where you coming from. I ain't taught nobody nothing because I'm you know, I wasn't as dumb as, as <laughs> my family members went to teaching in you, but I know where you're coming from. I love yeah, you, absolutely. Buddy.
2: but um, <laughs> but uh, I was in the thought, process, uh, YouTube. But yeah, like when YouTube. you get into YouTube and you get into fishing, you do have to have a passion for it. And and I think what you see a lot of right now, and to kind of sum up the whole entire thought that I'm having, what, what I think you see a lot of right now is you see a lot of kids who have seen the success of the Guggen Squad, and they've seen the success of these big, giant YouTubers. And I see the success as something wonderful because it vilified and justified the reason why companies should have Should have been paying us a long time ago. The Guggen Squad broke the mold. They broke the mold Mm -hmm. on what is valuable to the fishing industry. And so, those dudes, love them or hate them, you got to respect them for what they did for the fishing industry. They they opened a door. They opened a door
1: that uh, nobody else was even knocking on or checking the door. Dude,
2: they didn't just open it, they kicked it in, came in, and punched the guy in charge right in the face and said, You're my bitch now. And you got to take it go um but uh but they 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 did that and and i think it made a lot of kids look at it like they look at dude perfect or like they look at Mm PewDiePie or like they look at um mr beast and they say i want to be that and for a kid to look at mr beast and say i want to be that it's inherently easier to create the kind of content that he creates and become mega viral versus Creating fishing content and making a successful business out of it because that's the difference. Like Mr. Beast makes these videos that y- he makes his sole source of income, or his sole source of income could be YouTube because of the amount of money that he makes. The sponsors are just an add on, whereas <clears throat> in the fishing space, You better have some sponsors if you're wanting to do it full time because YouTube inherently is against us because we're outdoors. We're, you know, uh, and to hate to paint it with a broad brush or or even bring this up, but it's just the truth. They consider us conservative, which they don't Mm -hmm. like. And that's conservative in a big, broad brush, like anything, you know, conservation, you know, the Mm -hmm. willingness to go above and beyond to not be a bunch of punks. And YouTube just. It's against that, sort of, which is, is fascinating to me. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating I topic. Think- it's, a, it's a rabbit hole. It's crazy to think about. But to, just in the summation of it, of when you look at guys like what you were talking about, these reaction channels, that yeah. is mega viral because it it reaches such a broad audience. Like when you say Chris Stapleton in a room full of people, you take 100 people and you say Chris Stapleton, 90 people are going to raise their hand and go, he's the guy who sang Tennessee Whiskey. And, like, it's so you're an outlier there, right? But, like, if I put you in a room and I said the word Metallica. Yeah. I mean, like, dude, everybody it. Yep. knows on. If, yep. if I say Michael Jordan, everybody's going to raise yep. their hand. If I say Tiger Woods, everybody's going to raise their hand. If you say Kevin Van Dam, you might have four people raise their hand. Mm-hmm. If you say Alex Red Fishing, you're going to have one person raise your hand. If you say – I mean, like, yeah, like, <laughs> that's just uh, – yeah, yeah, it's it's a niche down, funnel down. And, and that's what I said. I, I think... said I said years ago. I said YouTube is heading towards a funnel. I said they're mean? heading towards a funnel. And, and it's happened. We funneled down into these extreme niches of content. Mm-hmm. And it you're seeing it with these YouTube channels because people are having trouble growing. They're having trouble getting views outside of their core audience because we have bottlenecked down into YouTube being not a platform for a creator but a platform to get people onto the platform and have them binge certain styles of on-demand content. They want to become Netflix. I
1: yep. I bring up the reaction videos because just here recently over the last week, I got sucked into the reaction video shit. So like I've watched hours and saved hours of, of videos, <laughs> the reaction of the same song.
2: And that's what that. YouTube wants, dude. Yeah. You are doing, right. I mean like yeah. that is right now. The YouTube algorithm wants, it's called session time in mm. session time. You're going to watch the whole damn video. It No, it's not even that. No, they true. want you to watch the same style of content or even mm. from the same creator over and over and over yeah. and over and over Looks and good. over. And, and I really truly believe that's why my, my buddy Ty Berger is having such success. And he's created a style of content that is very session time worthy. That per, a person's yeah. going to go, oh, I watched this jig video, so I'm going to watch this jig video, which leads him to a swim jig video, which leads him to a chatterbait video, which leads into a, a chatterbait video about what trailers he should use, which leads him to... <laughs> And the person stays on the platform for two and a half hours watching videos because his
1: videos are and, also like twelve minutes long. So I'm not trying to disseminate a bunch of damn useless exactly. clips and bullshit exactly. like that. Yep. Here's the yep. here's the other thing I was gonna say <clears throat> about about the YouTube stuff. And damn, I forgot I just lost my train of thought. All right, never mind. I'll come. B- I'm going to
0: interrupt. Good, somebody. so I'll cut in. I think, uh, I think it's I think it's super.
1: Come b- Alex fuck me up, not Rudd. So yeah, fishing. No, so I
0: I think it's important that you mention all of that because we had Slab Dynasty on uh, earlier. I think it was like me and Paul's like fifth or sixth one. And and he mentioned something about taking time, right? And I I, I think you're right. There's a lot of young folks that want to do all of this content creation, but they want that success right away. They want that bang right away. They don't want to work up to it. Um, And then a lot of people like quit doing all Mm -hmm. of this because they didn't make it huge right away. And I'll like just my kind of my take on is I didn't see a lot of growth in my channel when I first started. Right. Like we're only at like 600 or so subs on this channel um, Mm -hmm. because it was primarily like my fishing videos. But about halfway through that, me personally, I said, fuck that. I actually like doing the video editing. I like putting together all of that. And I found more. I found more value in that. It wasn't trying to make that next video to mm-hmm. make that one that go viral and to kind of bring it around is you have that flavor. And I'm sure you put a lot of work into the planning of your videos mm-hmm. and all of that, but it's not transparent by yeah. that. I mean, it's like, we get to go out fishing with you. There's a lot of folks that you could tell they put too much work into the meta of YouTube
2: mm-hmm. and, yeah. it,
0: and especially in the fishing realm. It sounds fake basically. Yes.
2: Yeah. And, and I think, th- I think that's, what I've been trying to accomplish for a long time. It's one of the reasons that I know I've not grown with an exponential rate like some channels have. It's because I never compromised on what I enjoyed about it. And it's one of the reasons I took my break that I took, you know, a month or so ago Mm -hmm. was I needed a break to... For many different reasons. One reason we'll talk about once we aren't doing a podcast, because I will inform Mm -hmm. you guys about it. Um, Paul, I think I may have informed you about it. I'm not really sure. We've already Um,
1: talked about it, so yeah.
2: Yeah, and so, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was one of those things is I needed to really reassess like what exactly did I enjoy about the process of YouTube? Because the Mm -hmm. process of YouTube became very discouraging to me because I wasn't growing in an exponential rate that I wanted to grow. And it's when I come back to the realization that like, Alex, you've been doing exactly what you wanted to be doing for as long as you've had this YouTube channel. And that's what makes you happy. So continue to do that because you're carving out an audience. You're just carving it out slower than what a normal YouTuber would carve it out at. And one of my favorite content creators on the platform, I mean, and I mean this with all sincerity, I love this man's videos to the point that I watch every single one of them, is Greg Blanchard that
0: yep. dude absolutely
2: has never ever compromised what he is and what he enjoys and greg is is the most consistent consistently consistent youtuber as far as bass yeah. fishing that i've ever seen yeah. and dude like that's one of those things a lot of people are like do you ever model yourself after anybody do you ever do you have anybody you look up to and honestly for a long time i didn't until i really started to appreciate what mm-hmm. greg did And I've told him this. I'm like, dude, I love you. Like, I don't watch a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of YouTube about YouTube. You know what I mean? I try to stay informed and how to make content. You know, I watch Mr. Beast and those guys just to look and see how they do things. And a lot of people hate Logan Paul. Logan Paul is an absolute freaking genius. So Mm -hmm. is Jake Paul. If you watch them, they're truly geniuses because they figured out how to break YouTube and how to become superstars through YouTube. And so Mm -hmm. I watch guys like that to, to gain ideas. But just to watch somebody that is truly a model for what I think is the proper way to go about doing YouTube would be Greg Blanchard. Mm
3: -hmm. And that
2: dude, I I mean, I love him. I love everything that he puts out. I love his content, and it's because it is – it is truly him. It's uniquely him, and there's nothing else like it. And that's all I want. I want yeah. to. I want somebody to look at my channel and say the same thing. Like Alex is uniquely him. It's genuinely him, and I enjoy everything that he does. And that's all I want. I don't want to be a superstar. I think, and that's another thing. There's a lot of guys now who have become superstars, and they really embraced it. Like they've really embraced yeah. superstardom. And and that was one thing that, you know, I really appreciated about being around Edwin Evers and Jimmy Houston is that they, they did not treat me like they were superstars. Mm-hmm. They treated me like Good. we're two grown ass men who love fishing. And uh, like, yeah. you know, Jimmy invited me into his house and we ate a sandwich and sat on his couch and talked about his deer. Like, you know, <laughs> Edwin invited me to his house to stay. Like I stayed with Edwin. I mean, like yeah. dude, it's, it, was, it boomer, was
1: really, you get see the feed boomer sooner.
2: Oh, dude. Yeah. I got to see him. Like I was right there. It was, it was the greatest thing ever. Um, like it was just incredible, but anyway, like, but it was one of those deals that like, it it really was refreshing to see that because there's been so many of these guys in the YouTube space, not just in fishing in all spaces mm-hmm. that they're, they're bigger than life now. And mm-hmm. I don't ever want to be bigger than life. I want to be that dude who just happens to have a YouTube channel. Like, right. You know what I mean? So. And
1: so for me, so the Greg Blanchard is a is a great example. Like, I I love yeah. watching his content when it comes on. You know, I don't catch all of them because I don't watch a ton of YouTube. Mm-hmm. But I have the certain people that I watch. Unless He's it's reaction videos. That's when my ADHD takes over. Oh, and yeah. I have like three or four days of been watching, you know, I, we went from Chris Stapleton to Eminem's Rap God to damn uh, Alive from Pearl. I mean, just the whole <laughs> different. You
2: know, the whole
0: different
2: shit. Listen, YouTube you, loves
0: you, Paul. YouTube love loves you. You You're love like, you. You are,
2: you are its ultimate customer. Like, look, look. And the best part of it is how the hell do you react to, okay, I got to go down rabbit hole here. How do you react to Pearl Jam? Because you can't understand a damn word Eddie better saying anyway. <laughs> listen do you know what i do
0: remember hold on alex you know what i do remember because i don't that? know how old you are uh, i'm 37 so i remember when 10 came out and i was in the yes. pacific northwest and i saw the video you know what i do remember is lashed his teeth and bit the teacher lady's Brits, yes. i remember biting the teacher how can
2: i forget the
0: <laughs>
2: he hit me with a surprise
1: laugh I know, See, It's so gotta, crazy, yo, don't it's so crazy me. how I watch an Alex Rudd fishing video and like 10 minutes in, I'm clicking off of that to go watch a reaction video of fucking Panda, a Panda from a mumble rapper four years I'm ago. <laughs> and somehow two hours later, at this point, I'm watching reaction videos of little Dickie. So Ridiculous. you know I mean, I mean but here, here's here's Ooh. two points I want to make. I remember the point I was gonna make. When you brought up, you know, people saying I'm Kevin Van Dam. So uh I think it was um was uh Ken Duke
3: mm-hmm.
1: on, on BTL talked about um like in a Bassmaster classic or something, they were asking people like who who the anglers they knew or something. Yeah, and yeah. like everybody knew Bill Dance, everybody knew, uh, you know, Roland Martin and these guys, Kevin Van Dam, the winningest angler, you know, all this. He, the, the super, he's the Michael Jordan of our sport.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Tom fishing. Brady,
3: yeah,
1: right. One of the the goat. Less people knew him than they did Bill Dance
3: mm-hmm.
1: five years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean that's that's the thing. But but the point I'm getting at is in the fishing world, our superstars, our Tom Bradys, our Michael Jordans, our Kobe Bryants, they are they they're like the the a college player when it comes to the you know, being renowned and how many people know them. And it goes back to what you talked to Alex as is bass fishing is a niche about doorsmen about of, of, of fishing. It's, it's a small. It's, a, it's well, a down the rabbit hole niche of all this, and that's and, and, and it shows in the in the social media side of it.
2: Well, and I, I think tournament bass fishing is a niche within side of bass fishing. And professional mm-hmm. tournament bass fishing is a niche within side of tournament bass fishing, which is a niche within bass fishing, which is a niche within fishing. And, and, and so I seen, a I, I really researched this one time because there was a, there was a period of time on YouTube where first I was never, there's always been like these like, it's like phases of people's bitching. It's hilarious. (laughs) Like, like, you know, you're, you're, you always have that one guy who's got some shit to say, you know what I mean? And so like the first phase of bitching was you're a sellout because you have sponsors. Oh, well then, then that phased away and it went to, well, you're not a professional fisherman or you don't fish tournaments. So what do you know? Well, when we hit that phase is when I really started <laughs> to dig in and do some research. And because I was like, I really want to know when we look at this whole aspect of the sport, really what is that portion of people who actually tournament fish? Well, like come to find out, you know, there's like I forgot what it is. It's like a 100 million fishing license sold every single year in the United States. And that number is probably wrong, but we're going to use it as the number just as a kind of an example. Like 90% of those people don't own a boat and fish from the bank. And then okay. out of the 10% that are left, like 8% fish from either a non a, a self-propelled boat or a kayak, and then like the last 2% own a vessel with a a motor bigger than like you know 50 horsepower on it and then i don't know inside of that you know what are the, what portion of those are like bass boats with like 250s and all that and and which it was a fascinating thing for me to consider but i thought well i've have a skewed i have a skewed opinion because i live in bass fishing central i mean guys you gotta understand like hell yeah East just- East East Tennessee, North, Northeast Alabama, North Georgia. I mean, dude, it is bass fishing freaking central. Like everybody uh-huh. that has a paycheck and a pulse owns a bass boat around here. <laughs> and like like yeah. but Look, when I they go tra- they trailer seedling
1: falling in, but they got chrome reels and a two fifty <laughs> in the back of a ranger
2: absolutely dude like it's no joke like i've i've gone by i've gone by trailers and there's nothing wrong with living in a trailer my dad was born and raised in a trailer but i've gone by trailers with the uh chevy camaro sitting out on front on blocks a truck that looks like it can barely run but dude they got a brand new ranger with a 250 all right like but chrome wheels on the trailer oh yeah but 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 then I started to travel and I started to fish. And when I went to Michigan is really when I had an eye opening experience of like, oh, this is a place where people don't bass fish. Like, this is a place where tournament bass fishing is is a is it like a, almost like a cult? Like, you know, everybody knows everybody like Ben Nowak, I can promise you knows almost every <laughs> single person who bass fishes in Michigan because the community is so small. Mm-hmm. And like, even though Kevin Van Dam, the goat is from Michigan, like there still isn't that many bass fishermen in up there. And, you know, I'm sure there's going to be bass fish, bass fishermen from Michigan, listen to this podcast. And they're going to be like shaking their fists. But, but I always say, Come to Tennessee, and then you'll understand, like, how vastly different the two places are. Yeah. And I think so, my
0: story with that is, like, my dad, I grew up fishing with him, right? We fish for, yeah. for, for salmon and trout, right? And yeah. I told him I got into bass fishing, and he's like, what the fuck is that? And I was like, well, just yeah. so you know, you got a really good lake right next to your house, like, with yeah. giants. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. all right, so, so I put power bait, and I throw it out there. I'm like, no, you don't do that. So I told him about a chatterbait. So he calls me the next day and he goes, "I went out in the canoe and I did your stupid bass fishing." I'm like, "Okay." He goes, "I caught a five and a half pounder first cast." (laughs) Then I'm like, "Are you are you fucking kidding me?" That's great, pops. And he goes, nah, too easy. I'm gonna too easy. I'm gonna go back to the trout." (laughs) Like it was.
2: There you go. He was just done with it. Like, yeah. (laughs) did,
1: did, Did he bring it home and at least eat it? yep yep
0: because it's my dad
2: he ate the shit out of that thing he said he ate the shit out of that thing you know <laughs> and, and that's another thing that we can get into is like man we we are in a community <laughs> we are in a community of anglers who despise keeping five fish and eating them what you have yeah. got to realize is that that 90 percent of fishermen who fish from the bank are probably fishing for food like they are, they have a license that says they can keep however many that are so many inches long and damn it, they do it. I mean, you know, I can't tell you how many times that I've been at the lake that some old top in aluminum boat comes pulling up. And he's like, boys, I slayed him. And he pulls out five, five pounders out of his <laughs> libel. And he's going to take them home and put the knife to him. Hell yeah. And, and, the thing, and, and the thing is, is like used to that bothered me a little bit. Until I realized, you know, no, he's enjoying the resource the way that he wants sure. to enjoy the resource. Mm-hmm. And there has been a group of scientists a hell of a lot smarter than I am that have determined that what he is doing is OK and that the resource will be sustainable. And and so... You know, it's it's a fact, dude, it's so fascinating. I mean, like this, you're getting into something I love right here, mm-hmm. which is just the the fascinating aspects and the different points of view within the sport that we all have. Because I grew up in the point of view of the sport of a dad who tournament fished. You know, my dad came from bank fishing. And then mm-hmm. him and his brother got a boat, and they fished in a tournament. And then they turned into tournament fishermen. And my dad fished, you know, Bass Nation. He fished his way up to the state championship. And I mean, my dad was a badass tournament angler. And then he just got out of it because he enjoyed fun fishing a lot more. He got out of it because you know, big baby sore loser tournament culture. But <laughs> he got out <laughs> of it and started enjoy fun fishing. Well, then I kind of had this this perspective shift as a, as a kid of, well, my dad doesn't like tournaments, and I see why he doesn't like tournaments, because I've been treated the same way in tournaments, and so I want to fun fish. And, like, I can't tell you how many people, and even in that video that I put out, you know, where I got kicked out, how many people say this is why I don't tournament fish? Well, then there's a whole nother aspect of, of the culture. And then you've got guys like your dad, Alex, that are like, I like yeah. to catch salmon. I like to catch, yeah. you know, I got my papaw's a crappie fisherman. You got cat fishermen. Do you know yeah. that, did you know that Pure Fishing's number one selling freshwater piece of fishing equipment is fishing rods and reels?
0: I could totally see that. I I, I catfished as a kid too. Like that was, no. again, it was like well, exactly what you're saying. We fish we, we caught everything, and it went home with us. Like, yeah. that was a deal. But yeah. that's really interesting you're bringing that up because that's uh, – I mean, it's very – so me and Paul are very different on this. Paul is very much a uh, – where'd you at That way. is very much a tournament guy, right? Yeah. I'm not. I've uh, fished in one monthly kayak tournament, yeah. and uh, I fucking didn't like it. Uh, yeah. I didn't like having it. like It, was, it almost felt too – I like going out, and I like yeah. the filming of it and all that extra yeah. stuff, right? But I, I like just being out there. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. There, you can keep niching all the way down, yeah. uh, and and some people might think they're hot shit because they mm-hmm. have one little section of what is this way bigger culture as yeah as you're saying,
2: dude. It's a kaleidoscope of different opinions. It's wow. a kaleidoscope of different enjoyment levels. It's a kaleidoscope of of just everything. And, and that's one thing that I have made sure to try to support is everybody's want to use the resource in the way that they want to use the resource. And my broader brush that I want to paint everything with is making sure that that resource is available to us forever. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing. I mean, you guys know you've watched my content, you've listened to my podcast, man, I will get on a soapbox and I will, I mean, I I am, (laughs) I am so I am so invested into the idea of public lands and public waters regulated by the State Fish and Wildlife Services, supported mm-hmm. 100% solely by licenses bought by anglers and hunters for us to have a free resource and continue to have mm-hmm. free resource and then expansion of that free resource and public resource that I'd die for. I mean, like... I- I mean, dude, like that's like, yeah. that's, that's core freedom for me right there. Like, you know, there's people who are like, you know, what freedoms would you die for? That's one of them. Like free speech, I, guns and having public land and water. No. Like that's like the three things I would die for. And it, like, and, it, and and that's,
0: it, it's super important. I listened to Steve Ranella did a whole podcast that like opened up my eyes when he had somebody, he broke yeah. down like how our our public land laws work right now and how the whole fishing yeah. industry kind of works and, it's yeah. it's amazing. It opened my eyes to like, yeah, we want all this nice shit around us. But if you hold yeah. off all of our public land to make yeah. sure that we make private land instead like that, you're you're robbing your people are being robbed of a freedom they were given.
2: Exactly. And, and I think as anglers, especially in today's time, especially in the kaleidoscope of different opinions that we have in fishing, I mean, hell the world, but fishing (laughs) that, that we need to do a very, 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 very good job. And I will say very, 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 again, to just emphasize how good of a job we need to do of making sure that everybody within their niche of the fishing world and of the hunting world and of the hiking world and of, of the mountain biking world understands how precious our public land and water is and the conservation of said public land and water. And that's been the thing that I want to push the most that if I don't care if you're Kevin Van Dam or if you're John that fishes on the bank, that everybody understands how important it is to do what they need to do to conserve what we have. And Mm -hmm. I I mean, and I dude, I, you want to talk about something that I think that could totally change the world is really getting people backed behind the idea of conservation of public lands and waters. Mm, I mean, people all the time, you know, they're saying we're killing the environment. We're ruining our, our environment. We're doing a, do you want to know who the most conservation driven people in the whole entire world are? Us, us three, our community, our culture. I mean, dude, we're the ones who literally like I I will, I've gone to the lake and just picked up trash before because I only get it once and my kids only get it once. And if we Mm -hmm. screw it up, then we don't get it anymore. And if we destroy Mm -hmm. it, then there isn't going to be anything to even get in the first place. You know what I mean? And I think, I think that is, I think that is going to change the, I think that could change the world is if we can really get people bought into the idea that, that the outdoors are for everyone and that everyone Mm -hmm. can enjoy it. But the only way that we can enjoy it is to conserve it. Then you change the world's view on a lot of different issues in a lot of different ways very very quickly. I'm gonna get and that's a my water- soapbox.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna bring it on a quick one, <laughs> and then we're gonna leave it because it's too much to dive into. But the the construction construction aspect of waterways and runoff from construction projects mm-hmm. is such a detrimental piece. Of all, because it's it's the creeks and the rivers and the streams Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. feed the bigger rivers into all the other stuff,
2: to the lakes into the oceans. (laughs) I mean, like,
1: and they're getting silted in because of shitty. And I, I know this because I was in it from shitty construction. People just getting it to the point you're at about conserving the land. The growth mm-hmm. of areas. I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. The growth of this area is top three or five in the country. Yeah, and the construction, the runoff, the what what you see going into the creeks, the you know during a rainstorm going into that like that's the cons- conservation side of it. People, oh my god, it just you know. Oh my god, I got to do this. I got to put this fence in. I got to do this. Blah 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 blah. But in the end, 20 years from now. There's a bunch of little, you know, intermittent creeks or free-flowing creeks that are no longer going to exist. And -hmm. what do those creeks flow to? Mm -hmm. They flow to the little ponds that then flow to the lakes, that Mm -hmm. then flow to the rivers that then go to the ocean. Mm -hmm. Like, we're going to lose all that from the conservation side of it. And the other thing is about keeping fish, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There's the keeping fish thing is, has been scientifically proven. That's why there's a slot limit. That's why mm-hmm. there's a number. Like if you catch five fish over the limit of 12 inches, keep those fish. I cannot remember the study has been last year when I heard this, but Indiana, one of the, one of these fishery schools did a, a study on keeping fish versus not keeping fish and the fish that they kept, the their offspring from those fish, bit baits more readily mm-hmm. versus the fish mm-hmm. that were thrown back. Yeah. Those offspring, I can't remember. Is India? it's you? Know, if I read a similar dead. study. Is 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 about yeah.
2: genetic imprinting, and that's a fascinating yeah, yeah. topic yeah, too. Yeah, that that is. they. And the Berkeley scientists have really proven this. And it's one of the reasons I started working with Berkeley was the science. Honestly, Mm. like it was a selling point for me. Mm-hmm. was these dudes are doing, like, like people, like, I, a lot of people bullshit you, and they'll blow a lot of hot air up your ass about what's what and what company's doing what. But let me tell you right now, Berkeley scientists are actually doing real scientists, like, real science. Like, they're in a lab, and they're they're yeah. doing thousands and thousands of studies and thousands of tests, and they're collecting data points out the wazoo about stuff like this. But one thing that they did prove was it was, it was imprinting in memory and that mm-hmm. bass were genetically passing down the avoidance, the the survival, Survival. the avoidance. It's it's just an avoidance. It's a Mm self-preservation instinct to avoid sounds, smells, colors. I mean, a bass has it imprinted into their brain that they don't want anything, a shadow over their head because shadow (laughs) over their head is death from above. I mean, the Mm -hmm. only real true predator to a bass that doesn't live in a lake with muskies and pike is death from above? It's the only thing birds. that can kill them. Yeah, birds. Yep, your birds. blue, you know, your blue herrings, your ospreys, your eagles, your birds of prey. It's death from above, and so that's why, like, when you're fishing down a bank and your shadow hits a fish, that they clear out immediately, is because it is genetically imprinted onto their little thumb-sized brain that they have. That that is something they need to avoid. But what scientists are starting to see is that fish are starting to avoid sounds the pings of trolling motors certain scents because it is a it's a genetic imprinting onto them to avoid that which is freaking fascinating like wait wait so hold on hold on hold on so no no
1: no. it's nature nature has these motherfuckers have been
0: around a lot longer than us it's right right, i want to go back to paul you said if you catch them uh, like okay, so uh, like a 10 pound bass, are either of you guys bringing that thing home to eat? No,
2: unless it dies, unless
0: yeah,
2: right. something dramatic happens no. to it and it dies, no. that fish is going to go back into the lake. Yeah, and I, I think I think to I think I know where you're going with this, but go ahead and say it. But I think I know where <laughs> yeah, you're going go with this.
0: Yeah. yeah, so so if like you want to get rid of you, those fish. The longer they live, the bigger they're going to grow. So the more that they're adverse to biting a lure means the bigger they're going to get. So you got to be trickier into trying to catch them. So maybe we shouldn't be keeping the big dogs, so we can go, so they can go back, spread that genetic pass down through their offspring, and they're going to be less susceptible to lures, but they're going to get bigger. So you, as an angler, have to get better. That's kind of where I was going with it.
2: Yep, and it's exactly what is happening. I mean, Chickama- Lake Chickamauga is a great example. You can go watch my live bait videos, and you watch us catch 9 and 10 pounders. It's the only right. way that you can trick those fish now, because they have seen every freaking lure on planet Earth, and they will not bite them. I mean, right. you can still trick one or two here or there. It's like a big deer. I don't know if either of you guys yeah. hunt, but like if you want to kill big deer, you got to go where big deer live, and then oh. that giant deer has to make a mistake the only way you're gonna kill them i don't care how good you are how much equipment you have how much time you you know spend in the woods the reality of killing an absolutely giant deer is that deer has to mess up the reality of catching an absolutely giant bass is you just gotta be in the area where giant bass live and have one of them screw up and eat your right right, right
1: place And, and
2: and so to to, to to further your point and support exactly what you're saying, if you want to have giant fish and you want to spread the genetics of giant fish and this whole imprinting thing is 100% true, or even let's say 80%, let's say that 80% of the fish population, it's true that the genetic imprinting is actually happening and they're passing down a genetic disdain, we'll say for artificial lures in certain sense, then yes, we have to get better. Yes. You have to use live scope. Yes, you have to use Alabama rigs. Yes, you have to use max scent. I mean, it's why the Berkeley scientists are working now on max scent 2.0. You know what I mean? Like they max And I mean, dude, like that's I, that's Mac
0: scent with three X's.
2: That's right. That's right. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> they're a good old-fashioned porn site. Mac <laughs> Max. <laughs> scent. Um Max Triple X. <laughs> you want it deep, Sheesh. we'll give it to you deep. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, do you it's, do you want that big girl to take it down deep? that she will. <laughs> um,
1: anyway, uh, I mean, I, I, wait, is that again, closer to the microphone. That's the yeah, time.
2: yeah. But um, but no, I mean, but it's for real. I mean, and, and I've seen yeah. it, I've seen a dramatic change in my fishing since going with stuff like Maxent. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not it's not rah rah. It's not blowing hot air up y'all's butts. I mean, this is a one hundred percent truthfully honest opinion about my fishing experience is that I have had a positive fishing experience when I started using max scent, when I started using power I mean, you guys will see the jig video that I put out tomorrow, how these fish are eating these power bait jigs. And I think that's the oh, those one. are those new ones, right?
0: That are like like the uh, sense infused in the skirt, right?
2: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and it's and it's it's power bait, but it's a completely different right. version of power bait because they had to do it to make it work with the skirt. And man, so, I'm telling you, you'll see like these fish are like it's one of those like you're digging down in their throat to get it away from them. And I truly believe mm-hmm. to further your point, you have to improve, and that was an right. improvement. You know what I mean? Like you've got to change. That's why I think it's so important for these companies. You know, people say, well, it's just a knockoff. You know, you just knock that bait off is all you did. Well, you would be amazed what slight adjustments will do to get those bigger than average fish to screw up. And if we've got to slightly adjust that same bait 62 times to make sure that that continues Mm -hmm. to happen, that's going to happen. And I think that the only other way other than continually improving on bass fishing to get bass to eat is to go back to the old, old, old school and pull out some shit they ain't seen in a long, long time. Because I can promise you there's a whole generation of bass that have never seen a hula popper. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, There's a whole generation of bass that I can promise you have missed a spinnerbait, or they've not seen a spinnerbait in so long that they forgot about it. I think you're going to see a rise in the spinnerbait again very very soon because the well, chatterbait took it over. I know? think
1: it's I think it's already on the rise. I, I mean, yeah. just kayak yeah. fisher kayak <clears throat> anglers around here using them more. Alex, have you ever heard of Buck Perry and spoon plugging? No,
2: no, i Buck have not. Perry. That's interesting. No, not 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 you, brat fishing <laughs> <and laughs> oh, I'm not Buck either. Perry, Buck Perry, I've I've I believe. Spoon Buck plug-in. Perry, I've heard the name. Is it gr- like grass spoons? Is that well, what you're talking
1: about? No, it's a no. spoon plugging, so it's it's a metal crankbait. It's gotcha. pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know who kayak catfish is, right? Yes, yeah.
0: Okay, dude, kayak catfish gets more oh, plugs Lord. from fucking Paul on our show than anybody else. But so
2: here's here's why. Here's He's why. a nice guy. I like him. I fished against yeah. him in a couple of kayak tournaments.
0: Here, here's why. First of all,
1: his YouTube videos, there's there's no special effects. There's no crazy editing. He goes out. He catches fish. He makes the cuts. He talks about what he's doing. He's, he's entertaining. He's educational. And he catches fucking big-ass catfish on a fucking kayak. And people want to see, on YouTube, when you're talking about fishing, they want to see one of three things. You need to be educational and... You need to be entertaining, or you need to catch big ass fish. You got to do one of those three things.
3: <laughs> We're putting yeah, that on the shirt. At this point, I
1: don't disagree.
0: Paul, you have said that this has got to be like the fortieth time you said that, and and you're absolutely right. Well, and we've got to make it like a t shirt or something because you have literally just like
2: all of that stacked on top of it. All <laughs> all up the up way, the yeah. If it goes all the way down past the belly button, it doesn't matter, just stack it all up. Well, well none of my shirts go past my belly
1: button anymore, so good luck.
2: But uh, uh,
0: enjoy those surges
1: on the side. So, so Buck Perry, Buck Perry was a guy, he, he's the father of offshore fishing. Mm-hmm. This guy was offshore fishing in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s, wow. mm-hmm. and he was selling, and he made a lure to do that. Now, they were trolling. Mm-hmm. Like, when, when they started the Bassmaster tournaments in the 70s or whenever it was, they came to him <laughs> to talk about it, and he's like, you can't have trolling because the trollers were always win. But the principle of that, but now he speaks in absolutes. But one of the things that he talks about is the the home of the fish is in deep water. The home of the fish is in deep water. And those big fish are going to live in deep water. Now, do they move up? Yes, they have to move up during the spawn. But they're going to move up different times of year and blah, blah, blah. But he also talked about the sunlight, sunlight to bass, bass are more sensitive to sunlight than almost any other predatory fish. And so people want to talk about shadows on stumps or shadows, you know, shadow lines on the bank. I caught these fish here and they it's, a, it's an ambush point. It's an ambush point. But what he's saying is it's not an ambush point, but it's a place of of sanctuary for them. Mm-hmm. Like that, that, that sun... Is they're sensitive to it? Mm-hmm. They're not safe. Mm-hmm. That so that's why that you have it's a whole different conversation, a whole different yeah, podcast that we can dive into. You need to you yeah. got to listen to it because the live scope is going to disprove some of his because he's spoken absolutes now. But you got to yeah. understand what this man was doing. All of this they he they had no. There was no sonar. There was no two D. Yeah. There was yeah. no paper map. <laughs> like he yeah. was doing this shit off of buoys and a flasher. Yeah, yeah. Like you He's know, he, he, and it was all it's, so he structure fishing. It was all structure fishing. Yeah. Um. So look it up. Go to it because a whole different conversation. But there's there's a lot of things with Livescope now that are proving. Bass behavior is what it comes down to, how bass move, the movement of bass.
2: Yeah, it's a fascinating topic because a, a a bass, so it's very interesting. And the reason it's so interesting is because I have been very fortunate to befriend a man named John Hammond. And John Hammonds is not the guy who owns Jurassic Park, uh different John Hammonds. John Hammond's John Hammond. I was like, I know exactly who you're talking about. I know exactly who that guy is. The old old guy from Jurassic Park. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, welcome (laughs) to Jurassic Park. Um, no, John Hammonds. And John Hammonds is a fisheries biologist for the TWA, the Tennessee Wildlife Resource Mm. Agency. And John ha- and I have had some amazing conversations on my podcast, and we've also had some amazing conversations in private. And I've asked him every hard question about fishing and bass that I possibly could, because I really want to know. I think understanding the nature of a bass mm-hmm. is how you understand the, the nature of catching a bass, right? And, and one of the most fascinating things that he ever told me is, is I said, John, what do you think dictates a fish's life the most? And for me, in my brain, forever, I thought what has to be the sunlight and the moonlight, because a fish's brain is like 80% dedicated to its vision, right? Mm. And that's studies. They've proven that. The immediate answer that John gave me, he goes, well, it's probably its scent. And I was like, what huh? Fuck? <laughs> huh? No, yeah, seriously. I was like, time out. Like, what? He goes, Yeah. He goes, we're doing a lot of studies now that we're starting to find out that a fish's vision is a lot of what it uses to determine whether it's going to eat something or not, but we're also determining that a fish can smell the caloric intake of different prey items and know which ones it wants to eat. And then it identifies it with its eyes and it kills it. And I was like... Huh? Huh? And and, and to further your point, Paul, you're correct. Live scope and... Fishing in general and the advancement of fishing is really, really going to open our eyes to the, to the behaviors of bass. Behavior. Think, I think it's going to prove it is. It's, it's going to prove so many people wrong. It's going to prove so many people right. And I think what it's showing us time and time again is that there are bass that live shallow, there are bass that live deep, there are bass that live in between, there are bass that live out in the middle of the lake and chase bait fish, there are bass that go in between all different forms of all four of those places. Hey, hey Alex Rudd.
1: Alex yeah. Rudd, do you want to know one of But? Perry's got some sayings. Do you know want to? Do you want to know one of, of But Perry's most famous sayings is? Yes. Bass. Are either shallow, deep, or somewhere in between? Yep, coined coined in the fifties. Yeah, Alex, in the fifties, bass are shallow, deep, or somewhere somewhere in
2: between. And I mean, dude, that is such a broad brush of a statement, but it's just true, right? And and I think that's what so many people have to realize is they're like, man, they just ain't biting today. No, there's probably a hundred thousand fish around you. I mean literally in a given area, and this is another thing that I talked with John about he said in a given area, Alex, there's more fish than you could catch in a week. He said, but you're going to trick one or two of them to actually buy it.
1: And, and that's why, and that's why like do like the bed fishing side of tournament fishing and this and that, you know people get up in arms, oh my God, the elites. They're out there catching, They're, they got got 90 guys catching five fish apiece for four days off of beds, this and that. And, and the science says they have caught a fraction mm-hmm. of the fish that are bedding.
2: Yeah. Well, a, in a, bass's, a bass's function in making babies and in spawning is just pretty much spray and pray method. Like, and all I right. don't mean that in the actual function of the bed making in the, in the individual two bass that but get together and make babies. Numerous
1: times They've and seen it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's millions upon millions of bass all move up and all have babies at the same time. And the potential to have, you know, 30 to 40,000 babies is there. And so if a million bass all have, let's say 10,000 babies apiece, and let's say that only 10% of those babies survive, you're still going to have a million more new fish, mm-hmm. and like that's kind of the the thought process behind that, right? And th- and that's how bass work. I mean, that's just the way. Th- it's the way all fish work. You know, what yeah, I mean, like exactly. they're not There's like they're not like humans. They're not like yeah. chimps. They're not like other <laughs> I, mammals. Like you know, we don't I'm have like, a baby. In, oh in, wait, wait, in wait! The hold, the on, hold on, hold on. Chimps don't, don't do that. Hold on,
0: rabbit hole. So, so we looked this up when I was. Oh playing. Lord!
2: We but, but, Wait, are we going to have time? a Joe hold Rogan on. chimp yeah. discussion right now?
0: <laughs> no, hold on. So, so, so chimps have larger members, mm-hmm. uh, uh, larger genitalia than a gorilla. Yeah, by like ninefold, yeah. and it's because chimps are actually spray and pray. They. Really? Have, yeah, they mate multiple times with multiple females, and multiple males will also mate. So they're trying to double their chances why gorillas are monogamous. So they yeah. don't have a bigger member, basically. Yeah.
2: Just a yeah. fun fact. Throw it That's, out there. I'm glad I could add you to go. this podcast. There you go. That's it right there. <laughs> no,
0: but no like, I think it's uh. So so I, I want to touch on one thing real quick, and it was like, if you're watching this show and this... You're probably not watching this show, but uh, if you are watching this show, um, the conversation is super deep. And and it hit me when I first started fishing, where it's like, well, how do I catch a fish? What's the magic lure, right? Mm -hmm. What's the magic lure that's going to do it? But then you can step into a whole addiction when you get to this point where it's like, how do I figure out the bass? Because these fish and why I like fishing for bass compared to what I grew up fishing with is you have to trick these. It's like hunting on the water because yes. they have their own behavioral pattern and you have to figure that out. Like 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 you said before, like you gotta a, a big bass has got to make a mistake. Yes. I, I grew up saltwater fishing, right? We were chunking chunk bait. You were looking for something to roll through and they're gonna hit it because they're saltwater and everything is, you know, feast or famine when you're yeah. saltwater fishing. Yeah. This is totally different. So you I, I think the folks that haven't dug in, you gotta dig in. If you want to step up when I started stepping up like trying to learn as much about bass behavior as I can, I instantly saw returns in more fish caught, bigger fish
2: caught. Yes. All of that. Yes.
0: Instantaneously almost.
2: Yeah. And, and I tell people all the time, it, it's people say, Alex, you're really good at fishing. No, I'm just really obsessed with fishing. Yeah. that's the That's the defining <laughs> difference. I'm just, I'm really obsessed with it. Like I am, I'm obsessed with every aspect of the process of putting a fish into the boat. And the only thing that I truly believe separates normal blow you know, blow joe anglers to the dudes who are pros is time on the water.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, go back to that. What Joe blow Joe Blow blow
2: joe? joe? Okay. joe. I'll blow, <laughs> blow Joe. I did say yeah, too, much death. You, yeah, yeah, you too, too much liquid Yeah, too much liquid death. water. Damn. Listen. <laughs> You know, what separates your professionals from the dudes who are blowing Joe?
0: It's just a little semi-pro.
2: Yeah, it's just a little semi-pro, kind of like a semi-chub, okay? Like, it is three-quarters chub. It's not completely there, but damn it, it's almost there. Uh, but anyway, what separates the the normal Joe blow angler from the pro there we go. Is, is, is a true obsession with the understanding of what you do in time on the water. That's it. Yeah. But That's it. I hate,
1: I hate to hear somebody go, oh my God, if I had if I had the time and the money to go fish as much as this professional angler would, I I could beat them.
2: Still gotta be obsessed. Well,
1: right, you're right. Yeah. Here's the obsession part. This is to your point. Why don't you go do it then? If you're so confident you could go mm-hmm. fish against Kevin Van Damme and win the same money he's winning, mm-hmm. why don't you go do it? Oh, well, shit, I can't quit my job, and I got a wife and kids. Well, you well, you just said, if you had the time, well, I don't have the money. Well, damn, it ain't hard to get sponsors. Go get mm-hmm. some sponsors. Yeah. People, you're that people good. when you go to that competitive edge, when you step it up, you know, you can, you, basketball. You take mm-hmm. high school, college, professional, football. I played college football. You step up from college football to the NFL, it, it's a whole different game.
3: Mm-hmm. In,
1: yeah. in, in the majority of these professionals, these people who earn a living off of fishing, off of professional sports, they have a middle game that these other per- people don't have. Mm-hmm. They they have that 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 you know, that risk. They don't think. What if I fail? Their mindset is, "What the fuck if I win?"
3: Mm-hmm. That's
1: their mindset. Mm-hmm. And so you hear all the and, and that's the thing that I say. All these people say, "Well, oh, if I had to, if I had as much time to fish as they did, I could do it." Then why don't you go do it?
3: Mm-hmm. If
1: you're so confident, then go do it. Well, I don't have the money. I don't have the sponsors. Well, you can get those sponsors and money. But in and even if you can. not you can go do it. You're so confident, go do it. But yeah. what they don't have is that person that knows that instead of throwing a square bill on that rocky point, they need to be throwing uh, a lipless. Mm-hmm. Or instead of throwing that square bill in two foot of water, they need to be in five foot of water.
2: I mean, dude, I tell you what it, what it really even boils down to more than that is an obsession. Like yeah, it's just being just obsessed talented. with it. Yeah. Like I'll I'll I, I, I will I will I, I I've said this before and I'll say it again. And and it's the only reason that I truly think that I've had as much success as you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, as I've had. I am 125000 percent tr- obsessed with this shit. I love mm-hmm. it. I I'm gonna say something that I don't normally say, but I'm gonna say I fucking love this shit okay like i can't i can't i can't explain we don't bleach shit out on bass and yeah. Bruce, so this yeah. is real i mean like it, like i like i really 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 love this shit okay like mm-hmm. i'm talking it's like ingrained into my psyche that i love this okay mm-hmm. i love it and so my love and my obsession is being projected out into the world of fishing in a different way than say Brandon Polanik. But Brandon Polinick is a great example of somebody who truly, truly loves this shit too. Because the man slept in his damn truck and was making tomato <laughs> soup out of ketchup packets. All right, dude, and, that and, was
0: instantly, instantly what I was thinking when he, when he was yeah. saying that and just go out and do it. I was thinking of Polanik exactly. Yeah.
2: And I mean, dude, that's me. That's where I'm at at a point in my life that you know. And again, I don't want I don't want to I don't want to bust the cherry too soon, but like, and we'll talk about this afterwards. But I'm at a point in my life now where I have worked. Th- this is not a joke when I say this either, and many people don't. They think, oh, you're just over exaggerating. I can bring my wife no. in here, and she can vouch for me. I have worked 80 hours a week for five and a half years trying to get to the point where I can take this thing and make it my full time job and take Absolutely, it to the next bro. level. And I mean, do like, Absolutely. I have, and people are like, how do you do it? I'm like, I've embraced exhaustion as my best friend. I've embraced failure as my best friend. I've embraced the grind as my best friend. I've married a woman who is as obsessed with my success as, as I'm obsessed with my success. I have a family who supports me 110% with my obsession for what I love. And I'm like, that's the thing I was like, that's what you guys don't understand is I have no more time than anybody else. I have no more resources than anybody else. And any extra resources that I've got from bass fishing, I've worked every second to get them and position myself where I can have success. Every, every thought, every choice, every move, was to the detriment of my success in being able to do what I want to do and be happy and experience happiness in the living that I want to make. And you like see, that, that, it's obsession, man. And I tell people, and this goes back to the very first conversation that we had about all the YouTube shit and about getting into it <laughs> and about doing mm-hmm. it, man, listen, there's, you can do it as a hobby and you can have fun. And if that brings you joy, then do it. But if you really truly believe that you want to do this for a living, you better really have a mentality change or <clears> just already have the obsession grained into you because you're going to need it. And that's just what it is.
1: Right. And so, so that's where it's all come to full circle before in bass fishing, the obsession had to be in tournament fishing. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to make it, you yes. had to make it in tournament fishing, which that led to a TV show, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that led to your own lure, mm-hmm. whatever it was, social media, YouTube came about. People could take that obsession, the Guggen squad, Chad Hoover, you know, uh uh flute master,
3: Mm -hmm. you know, some
1: of the earlier people that that got this stuff going from the kayak side and then from that, but but that obsession, they were able to take that to what you're doing, Alex, Mm -hmm. in into this, this and the obsession is there, but you don't have to win tournaments. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to a point you made earlier is about, oh well, who's Alex Rudd? He ain't won no tournaments, ain't listening to him. I cook a lot of barbecue. I want to do competitive barbecue stuff in South Carolina, North Carolina, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, Restaurants, barbecue restaurants, people will put post on there. They will never go eat that barbecue, but they'll go, I'm not, I'm never eating that barbecue until they have more trophies from competitions. Mm -hmm. Well, feeding people in a restaurant is different than barbecue competition cooking. Mm -hmm. Okay.
2: But and it and when, it's a phase of the it's a phase of the uh, industry and barbecue and I can I can say so this is funny because I'm seeing the phase I'm seeing the phase uh, out because I love to smoke meat like I've got a smoker I got you know my little pizza oven I love to cook dude I'm a cook like I love to cook it's one of my favorite things to do I'm gonna Not, I'm gonna sing you I'm gonna sing you my
1: homemade rub that shit. That shit'll make you make a baby.
2: Hell yes, that is what I'm talking about. Damn, put on the Marvin Gaye and let's get it on. So, I mean, you ain't even need no music.
1: All you yeah. need is, is the is the beer dust and a woman, and you I, can make a baby.
2: Let's do it. Um, but anyway, <laughs> but like in YouTube, the YouTube realm of 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 barbecue, you've had the rise of dudes who aren't competition winners who don't. Own restaurants. Meat That's Church. Right. Meat Church is a great example uh-huh. of a brand that has been grown out of social media. Dude, social media, I, I, I really, truly believe that I grew up in the right time. And the reason that I grew up in the right time is because I'm a dude who absolutely is obsessed with bass fishing that doesn't have to fish a tournament to prove that he's worth something to the industry. And I I can prove my worth to the industry for my love of the sport. And my love of the sport does not need to be justified by a check and a trophy. My love of the sport can be justified through my experiences shared through the lens of a camera. Mm -hmm. And like, i am just, I was born in the right time. I mean, like, what is you're it? Educated. Gary V says all the time, one in four trillion chance you're born yeah. as a human, and here you are. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. you're, like, Edu- yeah. you're educating and entertaining. Entertaining.
1: Yeah. That's it. People people are drawn to you because they enjoy the content that you put out. Mm-hmm. They are drawn to you because they feel like they are bettering themselves, fishing. Mm-hmm. If it was barbie cooking barbecue, if it was you know, writing writing papers for history class, Mm -hmm. if you're educating, if you're entertaining, people are drawn to you because they have an emotional connection to you now, Mm -hmm. and and that's that's where that's where you see a lot of this again. It comes down to educational, entertaining. And in the bass fishing world, the third caveat is big-ass fish. fish. Big-ass fish. Big-ass
2: fish. I mean, dude, it's just just the truth. I mean, that is seriously the truth. And what's funny, man, is like when I was growing up, me and Ben Nowak are polar opposite human beings. My best friend is a (laughs) polar opposite human being to me. My wife is a polar opposite human being to me. She's quiet. She's reserved. She's very friendly. Me, I'm a big, loud asshole, okay? (laughs) I mean, it's just the way that it is. But, like, Ben is a complete opposite to me. Ben will tell you that when he was growing up in the fishing world that he wanted to be Mike O'Cannelli. Like he wanted to go pro, he wanted to be the dude who held up the trophy over his head. <laughs> he wanted he wanted to qualify for the Bassmaster Classic. That was his that was his obsession and and he just realized that he was never going to be able to do it and so yeah. he he settled into the social media world, and Ben's very good. Like, I, I'm not taking anything away from Ben. I mean, he's my best friend, but it, but he'll tell you that was his dream. That was his yeah. path into the fishing industry. What being 100- one of the first people to put a damn live scope on a kayak? No, he's what? never fished in a kayak. No, he's
1: like a smallmouth guy up in Michigan. He ain't doing yeah. kayaks. <laughs> Yeah, I swear to God. Well, me and Bailey got to have a talk because I swear I heard Bailey say something. Oh, well,
2: he did one video in a kayak that Old Town sent him, and I believe he did put live scope on it somehow.
1: And he was, it was like the first video of a kayak with live scope. I am pretty fucking sure that shit happened.
2: Well then, I'll have to tell him that that was he was the first one because I don't think either one of us realized. You know what, Ben? <laughs> but, ben, you're going to have
0: to come onto the show and explain yeah. yourself
2: to Paul. Now. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah. With Bailey, because it because
1: if this is not right, I'm pretty sure Bailey said this. Alex at the classic when we initially met through yeah. Bailey, yeah. and I met Ben. But anyway, all right. This ain't Ben's. This ain't Ben's. You're the you're the guest here, not Ben. What is? That? Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, but anyway, what I was getting at is like Ben. Ben. I Ben looked at professional anglers as idols to yeah. to strive towards. You know, the people he the, he looked at those guys as the men that that by all by all metrics are the ones you measure yourselves against to right. say whether you're good or not. I'll be one hundred percent honest with you guys. I don't invest in any singular professional angler. I don't. I got some guys that I truly are. Edwin Evers is my friend. I love that man. I hope that he does well. And I, I view him as a, as, as a true. I don't even know what the word is. Just a person to look at. Like if you want to know what good looks like, it's Edwin Evers, especially in the realm of tournament bass fishing. I mean, he is just a good angler. Bradley Hallman, another great example of Mm -hmm. just a good human working his ass off to live the pro fishing life. As I grew up, I there was not a single angler that I looked at and thought that's what I want to be like. That's what I want to do. The only person that really ever caught my interest and still catches my interest to this day and, and is is truly a person that I look up to is Mark Zona. Zona's Good. awesome fishing show. And no, then there was, was that uh, what was the other show, Alex? You'll probably know it. It was the guy was from Jersey and he had um Mike either, Not what Cannelli. No i is don't fuck
0: with Ike and <laughs>
1: <laughs> It was, um, you know what? Fuck Alec. I love Ike. I'm going <laughs> to hug Ike one day. Fish, anyway, fishing.
2: Anyway, this guy was from Jersey too, and he was very loud. He was very flamboyant, but he wasn't a tournament angler. He just fished. And like, it was one of those things that I looked at him, and I'll get the name. My dad would know it. Like, my dad, <laughs> as soon as I asked, my dad would know it. But like, those are the guys that I enjoyed watching. Yeah. Like, I, and that's what, when I started, to go back to kind of what I said at the beginning, when I started to form a YouTube channel is I thought I want to take this like thing that Mark Zona has got going on, but push it even a little bit more counterculture to flat bills. And, you know, like, like make these sponsors want me, like not Mm. go to these sponsors, you know, freaking freestyle motocross out in the desert and Fox and (laughs) Fox and Yamaha and KTM finally had to go shit. These dudes are doing something so massively cool right now. We have to get involved with them. And Well, I think the big
0: thing is what you're saying is like you're going from uh, where where we went from tournament fishermen. We want to see what your accolades are, right? Went to a whole nother culture of like as people grew up, like I grew up, I I was a skateboarder as a kid, right? Yeah. So I like the fishing videos that have that tinge of a skate video. Like I want to see you go on this trip. I want to see you go on this tour. Yeah. and that could be your, your 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 12 minute uh your 12 minute video of you on your fishing trip right but yeah. the best thing about those old school skate videos wasn't just the skating it was the behind the scenes shit it was the the two dudes bullshitting about uh like uh, you suck at fishing and then he's like stick one you know you know what i yeah. mean like yeah. stuff like that like that that real candid human stuff and uh yeah. you can do that now you don't have yeah. to be that tournament guy you can have that I mean, I, I think you're the first one I've said it, a lot, or the first one that I've heard say it a lot. You keep saying culture. I think yeah. that's the perfect way to put this because it, it went from, it's just like a bunch of old dudes and 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 no disrespect to those old dudes who just sit and yeah. run their John Boat tournaments every yeah. weekend for six months a year and then they hang it up, right? These are now a new breed of fishermen coming in that it's like culture coming in. It's, yeah. people are younger, they're hipper on it, but I don't need to see you catch a trophy. I also I mean, I mean, Paul, and Paul said it right. Like, you got to either catch a big fish or be entertaining. So, I don't need to see you catch a bunch of sevens and eights and nines, right? No. But if you're entertaining and you're having a good time, I can connect with that as a viewer. Well, and, 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 it gets, and oh, it if
1: you're catching a bunch of seven, eights, and nines, I'm oh, a watch. Every fucking yeah. second of them. No. But,
0: but to further <laughs> right, 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 your but, point, Alex, if you Alex, catch a bunch of ones, if you catch a bunch of ones, and you're okay, not entertaining, but you said like, seven, like, eight, like, and like, nines. I got. i like, Catch a bunch of one-pound <laughs> Wheeler, whatever that guy's name is. I'm not gonna watch it because he's not entertaining. <laughs> <Just a real. laughs>
2: well, like, like, and I, I think to further your point, Alex, I think the whole thing of like working to catch the big one is part of like yeah. the skate culture. It's part of the 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 freestyle motocross. It's like how many times we got to jump this some of a exactly. before we finally exactly. get a double backflip or how many times exactly. do I have to hit this line before I get a, you know, a kick flip, you know, or whatever yeah. it is. And it's like, dude, that was me too. I love like, dude, the Bam Margera era and Tony Hawk era wow. and freaking Rob Derdick era. Before Rob Derrick was Rob Derdick. Like when he was still <laughs> that little skinny dude. kid, That was creating skate videos, man, dude. I was in that. Robin Big, big. baby, dude. Robin Robin Big. Big. And like that's no, 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 before actually, that. <laughs> yeah. Before, before that. Be, yeah. I mean, like, dude, like way back, like when he was a skinny yeah. kid that nobody knew what his name was. Dude, I was so deep into that because that is what I found was cool. And I think the reason I found it was cool because it it, it aligned with the type of music that I liked. It aligned with the type of culture that I wanted to be in. Uh-huh. And bass fishing just didn't align with that. Like bass fishing didn't mesh up because it was just a bunch of old guys who didn't get it. And there was a bunch of old guys who just at the end of the day, a great example of this is one thing that I was told about getting kicked out of that club that I got kicked out of. And it's (laughs) a bunch of older gentlemen is they didn't like, they didn't like me and my buddy fist bumping when, after we released our fish. We I went down fucking, to the water style. Go, you go and, fuck yourself. <laughs> but but dude, but dude, that's that's it. Is this that's
1: real life. Is this, this really happening? That's absolutely, right
2: now? that's absolutely real life. But dude, if you look at it, man, that's what yeah. that's what bass fishing culture was. But right. bass hey, fishing culture wow. is changing, man. Yes. And like swim bait culture, I think is the closest thing that we've ever got to this true counter culture where it's like the skating side of things. And for me, I want to go ahead and like, Oh, I I like swim baits too, but let's go ahead and Mm -hmm. reach that on into the normal guys who don't just toss swim baits all the time. And like, like, dude, it it is culture, man. And I love to see the shift. Like, I love to see the shift of dudes who like I'm the guy who pulls up to the damn boat ramp blaring punk rock music or blaring grunge with my flat my bill man. halfway on my damn head with uh, a, a hoodie on, like a Metallica hoodie on. Mm-hmm. that has got some skull getting crushed in and my damn skate, you know, my damn skating shoes or whatever else mm-hmm. I got on. I'm just, I'm totally counter, <laughs> no countered. Like, got your high top sketchers on. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like I'm that guy. I am. And yeah. I, it's just, I may be a country boy and I may be from Tennessee, but like, dude, it's just, that's the culture that I, that I identified with when uh, I was a kid. And that's the culture I want in bass fishing is I like a it. bunch of dudes yeah. that, that truly enjoy the sport for the love of the sport and just truly enjoy the, the experience of experience, true happiness out there on the water with a bunch of your buddies or your dad or whoever it is. And mm-hmm. like my dad is the person I experience the most joy with out on the water. My wife, yeah. I experienced with her out on water. My buddy, Michael, I mean, it's why I hang out with him. And like, dude, that was where I click with so many. It's where I clicked with Edwin. Is though Edwin is, you know, he's he's like the dad man. Like he's like the ultimate dad. Like he really is. Like he's the most dad human you'll ever meet. I love him. Like I love the man Dial, dialed into fishing. But dude, he's dialed into fishing. He really is. And like, but the thing, the common ground of where we met was that we both love fishing. Yeah. And He got to experience my culture. I got to experience his culture. And the intermingling of both cultures, I think, is what brings bass fishing together. And it turns a kaleidoscope into the beautiful kaleidoscope of all the different colors that we see. And I know that is the most... That is like the dippy bullshit someone's probably ever heard, but it's a uh, but it's the perfect right. example yeah. of, of truly what it is. When you start to turn that kaleidoscope and everything starts to blend and it starts to make this beautiful big thing, man, that is where if we can mesh that and conservation together, that's when the bass fishing industry changes for the better tenfold.
1: And and so this is this is the point the, the point you're making is where I get into this podcast. Right. So when Alex was gone, we went from having our podcast, you know, to there, there was structure. I look, I -hmm. I, I had ADHD. My son, my son was tested ADHD full fledged. He, uh, the stuff he does is exactly what I did at his age. I have these Mm -hmm. memories. And when it comes to fishing, like I could sit here and and this happens. We'll get off this podcast tonight, and I might send a damn hooks at hulum call out. Oh, you definitely you are <laughs> no lot two or three in the morning, and there's one or two people that might pick up, but I love I get immersed into talking fishing. There's not a lot of people that get into that. And to me, I could talk to – I could stay up, my eyes closed, still talking coherently. Like that is is the the, – The
2: the jabber Jabber hammer, bro. The jabber
1: hammer. The jabber hammer. But that's the the part that gets – I could talk about this shit all day long regardless. And it's not me saying how good I am. I'm usually asking questions or saying, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm doing this – and, and I'm wanting them to say, that's the dumbest shit I have fucking ever heard of. I'm like, well, I ain't doing that shit no more. So but it's you know, the beautiful, it's yeah. the
2: beautiful essence of not being married to your ideas. I had this conversation, conver- I've had this conversation yes. with so many people. It's the beautiful essence of not being married to your ideas. Right. And I think in fishing, I think in fishing, what we have that divides us is people who are married to their ideas of what is the correct or proper way to do something. Absolute. Golly. In, Golly. In absolutes. Absolutes. And and they speak in absolutes and they're married to their ideas because in a marriage, I, I, Alex, I don't know if you're married, Paul, obviously I you're am. married. You get a, so you, we're all married men. We know this. All married in, men. In a, in a marriage, it is a, tr- it is a, it is a lifelong commitment. And it's a commitment in a way that no matter what, You are to uphold the values and the ideas of the marriage to uphold the love that you have for each other and to really work towards defending that love in any way that it needs to be defended to make sure that that love lasts forever. Because marriage is, marriage is work. I don't care what anybody yeah, says. No me it's me and heart, Bethany. Me it's the hardest
1: fucking job I ever had, and I grew yeah. up on a peach
2: farm. And, and me and Bethany me and Bethany work at our marriage all the time. And, and, and not uh-huh. to make it, it makes it sound, uh, for people who aren't married, they're not going to understand that statement because it makes right. it sound we, miserable. We, we
1: get it. We yes.
2: Get it, it's, it is, I love it. I love the process. Mm-hmm. But when you're married, you do whatever it takes to defend that marriage. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. When you're married to an idea, you do whatever it takes to defend that idea. Lie, uh, cut down, make up.
1: Alex, are you fishing a tournament right now? Because it says you're fishing a tournament at this lake, but you said you were just going fishing. Are you fishing a tournament? No, honey. I'm just out here with some friends hanging out. (laughs)
2: Yeah, but like, but it's, but it's seriously, it's being married to an idea and being married yeah. to an idea is it's, it's to the detriment of, of every single part of society nowadays. And that's one thing that I try not to do. And, and as a teacher and as an educator, being a lifelong lo- learner is my job.
1: Has to be. Being
2: and instilling lifelong learning into my kids is one a part of my job. Mm-hmm. And so to be a lifelong learner, you cannot be married to one idea or another oh. at all. And the so when, when I say, it, it, you watch any of my content, watch any of my videos, I will never, ever, and I may have once or twice, and it's just about something that is like a factual piece of information. I will never say to you, this is the way that you <laughs> catch bass. I will say, yeah. in my experience, <laughs> this right. has been the best thing for me. Because at the end of the day, fishing is anecdotal fishing experiences in a sum of your fishing experiences make up your anecdotal opinion and your anecdotal mm-hmm. information that you know about bass fishing. And so when a bass fisherman or a fisherman in general gets married to the idea of what something is, all they're doing is they're failing themselves as an angler and they're failing themselves as a lifelong learner to better themselves at right. the end of the day as a fisherman. Mm-hmm.
0: I got yeah. two points on that. One, you're you're completely right. One of the reasons I got into specifically bass fishing is because I knew nothing about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at a point in my career in the military where I was pretty solid. I knew mm-hmm. what was going on. I knew what was expected, what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted a, a new adventure. And uh, mm-hmm. that's kind of why I love bass fishing, because it it humbles me. Because every time I think I have it figured out, it fucking changes every time. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, and then the second point is uh, you are a liar, because I've watched <laughs> multiple videos where you said, "Yep, that's a bass," and then I watched you pull up a drum.
2: So, that There's a big old bass at the drum. Man. <laughs> <laughs> a giant.
1: Hey, every kayaker that hooks a fish, giant. Oh my gosh, a giant! Like, well, this felt bigger than it was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You mean everybody that Mike Iconelli's it when they hit it and they go, whoa, it's whoa. a big one? one, and he gets all do shit about
1: Ike. Look, I will. Get I have. I have. I can kick you off of this bitch now. Don't kick me <laughs> off of
3: this bitch now. <laughs> uh, uh, but but no, I mean,
2: it, but it really. I mean, dude, like, yeah. It, 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 it's what it really is, man. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. it, it really is what it is. Just like I think the the marriage to ideas is is to the detriment of every human being and every aspect of their life. I am married to no. Uh, there's a few. Tr- there's a few concrete beliefs that you'll never change my mind about. But outside of that, man, I'm not married to any one idea, and I'm what, always What are those concrete
1: anywhere. beliefs? What are those what, beliefs?
2: What are those concrete beliefs? I believe that Jesus Christ is my savior. Is going to come back to this world okay. one day. I believe that I have the unalienable rights. Um, to, to life, liberty and happiness and, and, and justice. And, uh, you know, I I, outside of that, I mean, you know, I'm open for debate on a lot of different things. I mean, I think, I think I have, I have, I have, I have the right to defend myself. I have the right to the pursuit of happiness and to life and to liberty Mm -hmm. and is unalienable rights and, you know, endowed on me by my creator. And outside of that, man, I'm willing to, I'm willing to talk to anybody about anything. I really am like,
1: and and you know, it's that open mindset, not just in fishing, but in life, it's that open mindset that takes folks that have completely different mindsets or beliefs and thoughts about something Mm
3: -hmm. that
1: they can come together and, and drink a liquid death or drink a beer (laughs) Or drink a white claw surge, or uh, spill a beer
0: all yeah. in their crotchal region. Oh, That's Lord. what I just said.
1: I literally tried to
0: quietly pop a beer, and I spilled it well, on
1: my well, crotch. Well, thank God! Thank God you didn't try to shotgun it because it had taken you ten minutes to get it down. That's funny. Paul. Am I ever
0: gonna live this down? Am I ever gonna? You know, I don't. Um, you, you,
1: you have taught me Heath. on this show. You know. That there's there's a few things that nobody will ever live down on this show. One is you shotgun in a beer for eight minutes. Bailey's even saying had to bring that spinach. Bailey saying spinach is a sandwich protein. Delirious. and I don't even know what else after that. But
0: you anyway. <laughs> know, so you weren't on the show yet. Delirious also said that cheese is a protein.
2: Cheese has protein. It is not a protein. <laughs> Right, correct. <laughs> I was, I was Listen, it it if, it is only a protein if it at one point it bled. If it <laughs> bled at one point, <laughs> it is a protein. Well, Other if, than that, if, no. If that if that bitch breathed
1: air, <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> if it yeah. did not if it did not suck air in through a nostril and pass it out through a mouth, it what wait, not. What,
0: what about a fish? tofu?
2: What about a fish? Fish breathe in through a mouth through a set of gills that then process Correct. the oxygen. Does that yeah, count as a protein? Yeah,
1: yeah, that bitch has oxygen. So
2: okay. we'll we Look,
1: we ain't talking about semantics. This is bass and brews. <laughs> like, there's nothing literal here. There's a wide, broad umbrella that yeah. covers the shit that we say, yeah. and we have the final say in what that umbrella covers.
2: I love it. I love it. But, yeah, I mean <laughs> – mean, I, I think I think at the root of everything, I, I, to kind of go back to just the original discussion, it, that's what I hang my hat on on everything mm. that I've done up to this point. It's it's very complex, and that's why I love to have these conversations with you guys, and love to have conversations with people because when the original the original question or the original thing you said, Alex, tell everybody about yourself. Yeah. Well, this is it. This is it. it. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a two minute you know, elevator speech. I can't do that. The The complexities of, of what I am and what I believe and what I love and what I do does not boil down to a two minute elevator speech. Now I can say, you know, I love fishing, but I love fishing as a broad brush that can have a lot of things under underneath it. And I, I think that's, that's just it, man. Is like, I think if people, I want people to invest into who I am and really kind of invest into the culture that I'm trying to build. And that's a culture of people who love the outdoors, who love conservation, who love the process of learning and are never willing to stop learning and just, just want to enjoy and experience happiness. Alex and, and Rudd. It's just it.
1: Alex Rudd. The, what, what you said is, is complex, right? Mm-hmm but the gift that you have and the, and the reason why people are drawn to you is you take that complexity and you've been able to bottle it up and put it into a product Mm. that is not complex. Mm. And it's something that everybody of all walks of life can come and watch and enjoy and be a part of Mm -hmm. that's, you've taken that complexity and you've made it enjoyable. You made it an emotional connection for people to want to watch and be a part of. And so all, all this complexity that you talk about is, is your perception, Mm -hmm. but the gift that you have is being able to take that and to put it into something that's consumable
0: yeah, for well, I think it's more than that. I, I think it's more yep. than that, Paul. I, I I think he's been able to push to where you've done it. Like, so I, I've watched you, like full disclosure, for years now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, Boy. I've watched as you, yeah. But but I've watched it. right. It's almost like watching like like your favorite HBO show, right? You you've mm-hmm. watched you as a character, which is actually just you, right? Mm-hmm. But you've done a great job of like layering it out over the time. Mm-hmm. So by the end of it. Uh, I mean, I mean, literally like we just texted earlier today and I was like, oh shit, this guy's cool as fuck. Let's just keep bullshit. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And we just got done. We're at like almost two hours. Um, Yeah. I'm one of your biggest fans. And I feel like I'm just like Paul says about the show. Like we're just sitting around bullshitting. You've done a good job, even with your videos, though, of like spreading it out so it's not like all at once and like Mm -hmm. here's what i am and there's a lot to explain about a person right like everybody's complex there's a lot to explain you don't preach it but what you do is you show it yeah you have a storyline it's like you're i mean i don't know if you think about it like that but you're you're when you're out on the water obviously when you do like your product things that's that's different that's a a nature of the beast right yeah yeah but when you're out on the water you can see like you one you can see your progression as a fisherman but you can just Mm -hmm. see more of you as every episode goes on. And it's really yeah. awesome. You know. Yeah. I appreciate
2: that so much. I mean, that's, that's all I want. I mean, that's literally like, you know, I don't, I didn't know what I wanted from this when I started, but it developed over time. And one of the things that I definitely want is that I want people yeah. to just enjoy it and to be able to consume it and be able to just identify in some aspects with something that I've got going on. And and yeah. I, I want people, I, I mean, I, one thing that definitely that definitely changed my perception on the world as a whole and people was when my dad got diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, and I faced I faced the I faced the morality of our existence mm-hmm. in a way that I've never faced it before. I mean, we all know we're going to die. We all know we're going to wow. die. But when an oncologist looks at your dad and says, "Mr. Rudd, if this treatment doesn't work, you're not going to be here in three months," and it puts a timestamp. On the date of death,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that's when you go. Wow, like, w- what have I done up to this point in my life that is as has any meaning? What have I done up to my uh, this point in my life that's truly brought me happiness and truly brought me joy? Mm-hmm. And you go, you go, damn! Like, w- how many people have I walked by and not understood the place that they're in in life? And. Last year and this past year, I have done my absolute best to project empathy and understanding and love and happiness to people. And I hope, my hope was in creating the content that I've created and the content that I plan on creating in the future. And this was part of the break that I took was really understanding the content I want to create in the future. That I did, Alex, exactly what you just said that I did. And to so to yeah. hear that from you brings me happiness yeah, man. It brings me joy because that that is that that's justifying everything that I've done to make sure that I am just bringing a little bit of something that a person needs yeah. in a video. Mm-hmm. And that that's it. I mean, even if it's a 12 minute escape from the reality that they live in if it's 12 minutes away from them sitting in a chemotherapy chair, if it's 12 minutes away from abusive parents, if it's 12 minutes away from their nine to five job that they hate, but they have to do it because the kids (laughs) need food. Even if it's just 12 minutes while they're taking a poop. I mean, dude, if I can take that 12 minutes and I work at work, that's right. If you poop for five minutes every day, you can like take a whole day away from your boss. But anyway, Uh, uh, like, but like, like, that's dude that's just it man it's like and that's what i i want to do with the rest of my life is just do that for people you know what i mean like man this past year just did that for me it made me understand like dude everybody has a story whether they're from the freaking you know la in the hills and they have been millionaires and their parents were millionaires to the guy living on the street Everybody has a story that, that, that they're right. living out, an existence that they're participating in, a human experience that they're participating in, yeah. and you've got to understand that about people. And I mean, like, I know this got really deep really quick, but, I mean, that's the no, complexity no, of it. No, I love man, it, man. We were, it, like, we about,
0: like we talked about yeah. in the green room, like, like in the green room, right? You were like, me, me and you were just chit-chatting because Paul was late. <laughs> you had to go talk to coach right but we were talking about how like uh just the podcasting thing like it's awesome it's the telling of stories yeah it's like Mm -hmm. this is what we want because this is what we want to hear i mean the whole reason i started this show is i wanted to hear from uh paul brought more of the the tournament fishing uh fishing side into it Mm -hmm. but my intent was the content creators i wanted to hear Mm -hmm. more about the content creators because one, it, it takes a special person to kind of, like, do all of this, right? Like, yeah, to do yeah. the whole social media, podcast, YouTube video, yeah. uh, the ticky Talks, as Paul likes to say, to do yeah. all of that, right? Yeah. It takes somebody special. And then it takes somebody special to, like, do it and not be a douchebag about it. I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. a fine line. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, like yes. Like, it takes – like, you could do all of this and you could flash your – you're fucking Skeeter and you yeah. could sit there and be like, oh my God, my 250 only does. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. people that do it the right way, the 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 people that I enjoy consuming and me as a fledging content creator, what I want yeah. to create too is like that realness of all this. Because social media, you, you said it's been great for you and you're absolutely mm. right. Yeah. Uh, it, it brought on escape where you could make money. You could make a brand off everything yep. Yep. without having to tournament fish. But yeah. There is a downside to it where there's a lot of douchebags who yeah. abuse it. Yeah. So I but again the whole creation of the show was to get the non-douchebags. So yeah, yeah. you did get deep, but guess what? That's what this is for. This is yeah. for us to all just be mm-hmm. fucking people who yeah. like the fish and like the bullshit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And dude, I, I appreciate yeah. that, man. I appreciate that. And and I know and, and that's the funny part about it is like it's so many people I I I really hope that I've done a good job of like not being. I mean, dude, I work with Pure Fish and I work with Berkeley. I work with Abu Garcia. Yeah. They pay, they pay me a lot of money to use their products. It's just yep. the way that it is. It's it's a it's a step I had to take in the steps to be taken to be able to do what I want to do in the future. If, but if you I mean, get paid
1: to do that shit, <laughs> the yeah. only people mad that you got paid to do it are the ones who were either too scared or did not prioritize the time to make that shit happen. Well, no, I hold on. Hold on. Paul. Alex, stop, your, Paul. Alex, Riggs,
0: stop you Paul. keep talking. Hold on. Hold on real quick. I know what Alex is about ready to say. <laughs> right. And I know what you're saying, but what he's trying to say. So, so you remember before when you were like the only avenue was to get on a TV show, right. Where all those TV shows turned into product placement and nobody fucking watched them. Cause they were garbage. Yeah. And, and you do a good job, Alex. That's weird. Yeah. Uh, you do a good job of. I we I think we all understand as viewers. You have an obligation, but it's not crammed down our throats. It's not. It's not douchey. It's just yeah. on that. I yeah. want, want to make a stamp made not douchey. Like you are yeah. not douchey. So yeah, it's appreciated. And, and,
2: and, and dude, and that and that's kind of what I was getting is I, I was like, I hope I've done a really good job, and mm-hmm. I believe that I have just from feedback from people of like. Yep. I'm not going to tell you to use a Berkeley jig until I go jack a four pounder's face with it. I'm right. not going to tell you to use a, an Abu Garcia rod until I've winched one out of a, out of a millful patch with it. You know what I mean? Yep. And like, yep. that that's what I hope I've done. And, I, and I'll tell you another thing that I've really, that's really kind of opened my eyes to people like, don't even get it. Is it like comments and things that people say to me, like, I've 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 done such a good job, and this is this sounds very pretentious and like patty on the back, but I don't mean it like this. That I've done such I'll a good your job. Ass on the back. go ahead, and see. <laughs> I've done Careful, such a good job. He's got a dragon tattoo. That's right. That's right. I got a rabbit on my butt, my butt cheek, and when I pull my pants down, it runs in a hole. But anyway, um, um, but I I, I feel like I've he done got such like a
1: little job. rabbit tail to give a kick to.
2: That's right. The, I feel like I've done such a good job. At it is like the people just think that like, they don't even understand that I'm sponsored. Right. Like I've had people who comment that just truly don't understand that I'm sponsored. And I think yeah. the next phase in Alex Rudd fishing, the next phase of my life, people are going to be, there's going to be some people who are very amazed about what happens because they don't, their perception of what I am will not be understood. And perception oftentimes is, is reality, but I think, I think it's fascinating, man. And that's what I'm Alex. I'm glad that that, that you view it that way because there is, there's obligations that have to be fulfilled. It's just part of it, man. But I, but I have formulated my contracts and I've made my deals in ways where I'm not beholden to any one thing. And that if I don't want to do something, I don't do it. A lot of the things that I do, I do it because I actually believe in what I'm talking about. Like, no, no, not, I get it. Yeah, like 99% of the things that I talk about, it's because I actually like it. I mean, and if if it breaks, I'll tell you. If I don't like it, I will tell you. Like Mm -hmm. someone messaged me the other day and they said, do you like the Revo STX reel? And my mm-hmm. response was, yes, I love the Revo STX reel, but for the price that they have it at, the Revo SX, in my opinion, is a better reel because it's more affordable and it has right. all the same attributes as the STX. So please don't spend $259 on the STX, even though I would make more money off of that, off my mm-hmm. Tackle Warehouse affiliate link. Go and buy mm-hmm. the more affordable products so that you don't have to spend as much money. And you can buy that one and then save up for three more months and buy another one and buy two reels for the price that you were going to buy one at. Exactly. They're,
1: they're yeah. going no, hey, hey. to buy five of those reels versus two yep. of the expensive ones. I yep. mean, but yep. but it's
0: it's because – But you do a them. great job. You do a great job of breaking it down. And listen, yeah. we're, we're the same way here on Bass and Brews. Yeah. We have sponsors yeah. left and right. Yeah. Yeah. We've had uh, uh, <laughs> Bass and Gill. Uh, We've had Playtex. Yeah. Yeah. Tons yeah. of people.
2: Trojan. Uh, I remember that one. That was yeah, Yeah. One. yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but, um, one of the things we're known for, you ready for it? Hold now, on, Paul? hold on, hold on. I got, hold on.
1: Before we get
0: into this. I have like these, right, right. I have like these perfect segues and Paul fucks him up every time. But, yeah. But,
2: I, this was going so good. And this was, this was a Steve ranella level segue. I felt like what was about to happen and it was just, yeah,
1: it, it really was, oh, but man. I knew he was going here <laughs> and that's why I fucked it up. Because I wanted to go back to the Alex Rudd, the the entertainer, the YouTuber. Okay. Entertainer. So, all right, so so at, at, at <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, class- Sunday, Sunday.
2: Come on down to Alex Rudd fishing, <laughs> so eight at o'clock classic, PM Eastern.
1: <laughs> at the classic, you're there. I see you. I'm like, oh shit, oh. that's Alex Rudd. Yeah. I happen to run into Bailey, and me and Bailey talk. And ba- Bailey's been on the podcast. I talk to Bailey Come a class. lot.
0: Yeah, and, props to yeah. Bailey. He came up and he, uh, not only was he a guest, but he co hosted too. We appreciate that. Yeah, he yeah. Is awesome. so, I love
1: him. So we come up. He said, like, Do you know Alex? I'm like, No, I don't. He said, like, Do you want to meet him? I'm like, Yeah, I'll meet him. Well, you were you were working the crowd at the, you know, you were talking to people. But see, that was the thing is you talked to every single person there. Just th- there was no, okay, I got to go. You yeah. talk to him. You, you talk to me, and then you know, some other people came up after you talked to me, you talked to my son.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Some other people came uh, up and No look Carter. Was, yeah, can't look Carter. And then as oh, I was leaving, up. you were talking, you were even you were talking to two guys at Fishing Our Local Club, the Stevenses, Dwight and Zach. You were talking to them, but I mean that's that's there's an approachability. To you, from from that that YouTube, um, you know whatever you want to call it, <laughs> side that approachability that you bring when you talk to people, you make people feel like they're the most important thing at that moment in time when you're talking to them. That means a lot. Yeah, that take that 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 draws people in. And I saw that. And so to for for you to be able to do that with the amount of people that you talk to at like the classic when you were there, that that's pretty special, man. And so, you know, to have that says a lot about the character and what you want to do and what you're doing with your channel and who you are.
2: I really appreciate that. Like, I, I appreciate that more than you know, because, I mean, that person is the most important person to me at that moment. And that person, you—you you got that, down on your damn knee and talked to my son for like five minutes.
1: Who had a bucket, who had a Abu Garcia bucket with some shit in it. He had no idea what to do. You talked to him for like ten, literally ten minutes. And this is this is a kid that was overwhelmed, had no idea what was going on. Yeah. You talked to him for about 10 minutes because yeah. I was talking to Bailey the whole time.
2: Yeah. But, you know,
1: that, that's, the, that's that. Those are the things. And, like, those are the things that make people say, you know what? It, Alex's video might suck this week, but I'm going to watch his shit. And I'm going to give it a thumbs up. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens, though. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's that approachability. It's the personal connection you make with those folks. I, love I mean, them. we have
0: learned, we have learned though that that's not enough for Paul to watch your videos. You need reaction videos to music today. and
2: big ass fish.
1: You fall out your kayak. I'm going to watch you fall out. I'm going <laughs> to fast forward it. I'm going to give it a thumbs up and then I'm going to go on to the next one.
2: I love, it. If, I you love have, it.
1: if you have titties, Reaction videos. He changed it. Big ass fish. I'm going to watch the whole damn
0: video. Uh, Paul is
2: what's wrong with the entire fishing industry right now. Exactly. (laughs) If you got
0: titties, if you got big ass fish. Well, I mean,
1: look, here's the thing. If you got boobs in your video, I'm watching all of it because the boobs are are going to be at the end. So I have to watch all of it to get to the boobs.
2: I love it. All right. I love it. All right, Paul. <laughs> well, on that note, Paul. All right. <laughs> on, the, on that note, yeah, on that note, I do want to say I do appreciate that, Paul. I really do. That That is, yeah. I truly do appreciate that because yeah. that person I am talking to in that moment is seriously the most important person to me. And the reason the most important person to me is because they've taken time out of their day and out of what they're doing to want to have a conversation with me. And still, I will always say that I'm just a dude who loves fishing. I'm, I'm, I'm a nobody and I may be a somebody to somebody, but I'm just a dude. And so if anybody takes time to talk to me, that is the most important person in the room. And that's, I want to make them feel that way because that's, I mean, man, that's just, I think that's one thing the world lacks is just people who look at people in the eye and really have a conversation with them. Like I, I, I'm the guy who move every out of my way to make sure the person that I'm talking to feels as though that I'm listening and holding on to the words that they're saying and really actually in a conversation with them. Because I've been treated in a way by people that makes them feel like they don't give a shit about what I have to say or what I have going on. And that is not fair to people to be treated like that. And so like, I want to make sure that I'm like in there with them. You know what I mean? I want to be in there with them. I love it.
1: And, and you're, you're you're like nine foot, seven and a half inches tall.
2: 110 pounds kneel, soaking wet. Yeah. yeah <laughs> 100,
1: 100, 125, 125 pounds. And you kneel down and you talk to my son about, hey, what are you going to You You talk to him for a good 10 minutes. You know how many other people talk to my wild ass little son for 10 minutes? None. So, I mean, you know, you have you, you take you have a line of people waiting to talk to you, but that's not your priority. Your priority is the person you're talking to right then and there. And, and this comes from somebody who loves to talk to people. It's hard to be able to differentiate that and do what you do. So, you know, it's, it's you, you you have a you have a gift.
2: I appreciate
1: I it. I appreciate it. All right, Alex, get to your shit.
2: Don't this fuck is it, it up. It? Don't are fuck it ready?
1: up. Oh, well, not Alex okay, Rudd. Swamp Rat fishing. No. Don't fuck it up. Hey, Swamp Paul, Rat, quit talking so Paul. loud. You're making my ears crack.
0: Paul, I don't have the list, so you're gonna have to help out.
1: But oh Jesus. Oh my gosh. I
3: did Alex, not, so, I did not uh, we are known.
0: We are known uh, on Bass and Brews for a couple things. And uh, one of them is this last segment, which is the uh, rapid fire. Um, It's going to be a bunch of questions. Yeah, there it is. Bass and Brews. Don't fuck it up while Alex is gone. (laughs) So uh, these are going to be right off the cuff. You don't have to give an explanation. We want a full just right out the gate. What's your answer to these?
2: Awesome. Let's do it.
0: This is the only scripted
1: part of this whole Correct. show.
2: It's yes. unscripted, it, scripted part. I love it.
1: That's yeah. right. That's right. If you hadn't told anything we talked about <laughs> before this is just like not scripted. Just
0: FY. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm gonna start first. Uh wackier Texas. Wacky. Oh my gosh, you're fuck hold on, hold on.
1: You got to go down the line, dude. I'm colorblind. I can't do this shit without going down the line. I'm not. i right,
0: trying to remember. All right, wacky or Texas? What do you got? Wacky. Uh, Crops <laughs> yes. or flops?
2: Flops. Pineapple and pizza.
0: Uh, yes. No? Well,
2: okay. Can we go back for just a second? I know we don't want to go. Like when you say flop, does that count my chacos?
0: What the fuck is a Chaco? The, fuck the Jesus
2: Sandals. You never seen my dang going Jesus Oh, A1?
0: shit. No, that – oh, no, dude. That's no, a whole nother. I have seen those. You know. That's a whole nother disrespect. That's okay. Right.
2: <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go with Crocs on that one because I was confused about the question.
0: <laughs> there you go. That's the right answer. What do you
1: got, Paul? I don't know. You're going out of order. I got to put this shit back in order, and I'm colorblind and dyslexic. It's about, uh, it's about pineapple. Spend uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No. Hell, you're going to spend more on a rod or a reel? A reel. Yes. What? Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. We're going to dive into this. Why a reel over a rod?
2: Because a rod is more likely to be the piece of the tool that breaks versus your reel. Rod tips break, eyes pop off, guide inserts come out. And so it's a lot easier to replace a rod than it is the reel. And for the most part, unless you're getting your reels, like you're abusing your reels, your reel is going to get crushed in some way, that reel will outlast that rod tenfold. My dad has reels like old Abu Ambassador reels, the round reels from the (laughs) 80s. that still works yeah, like yeah. the day that he oh, bought them but those St. Croix rods that he had them on and those All Star rods that he had them on are long gone. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um I'm
0: adding a new one, uh chatterbait or swing jig.
2: Oh, chatterbait.
0: So disappointing from you.
2: I know. I know. Don't,
1: don't, you know what? That question did not happen because that's a stupid ass question. Now, who the fuck that's, was a, that's a question from the Tiki Tocks? I'm just mm-hmm. trying to include the Tiki tock uh, viewers. You know, tick tick tic tac people need to pay to get they at the questions asked. <laughs> All right. All right, man. what do you got, Paul? All right, Alex. In a three-hour session, three hours. You want to catch five two pounders and one seven pounder.
2: One seven pounder. My
1: man, I figured. Yep, yep. Slow jams or hype music.
2: Oh, uh, slow jams, especially Kanye oh. slow jams. Oh. Oh. All a right, bit of Kanye, Luther oh. Van Braun, a little Alita. <laughs> I'm saying gonna set this party off. Yeah. yeah, I'm a Kanye fan. <laughs>
1: That's, All right. Look, I'm okay with Yeezy but I would never suspect that as somebody to say that's slow jams.
2: Oh, he literally has this. He literally has a song called "Slow Jams," and it's about yeah. slow jams, like Marvin Gaye and a little Alita. It's a Luther Van Braun. <laughs> he sung the oh, whole God.
0: lyrics to you, Paul.
1: <laughs> I mean, slow jams to me is like Allison Chains. <laughs>
2: Like nutshell, like one one song, nutshell, but in Chains because everything else is like, you know. <laughs> here comes a rooster. Hey, yeah. Go cool. on with the questions.
0: Go on with the questions. All right. Well, the most important one. Out of all of no, movie, no, no 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 no. We're not no, there yet. No. no listen. No,
1: listen, no, Alex, no, I'm no, sorry. I only my second. Damn one Alex, back. Alex too. Alex I'm Rudd, is to, to you. Alex, the, the host, shut the fuck up. We have a new question that Alex oh. has not ask.
2: Have you ever eaten beaver? That is unfortunately one meat that I have never eaten. I've eaten a lot of crazy shit, including a cat, but I have never eaten a beaver.
1: How?
0: You.
2: you have beaver everywhere. I've never ate one. I'll eat one. I'll eat anything. that bled at one time. But I'm telling you, I've, I you want to hear the story about the uh, cat? Yes,
1: I do. Yeah, of course we do. Of course, we do. Of course I, we do. I'm, I'm assuming that cat tastes delicious. It has to.
2: We'll get to that. All right. So I was in Haiti. So both of my sisters are adopted from Haiti. And okay. so we used to go to Haiti a whole bunch, do mission trips down there the whole time. I went to Haiti one time for almost three weeks. It was two and a half weeks. In the first week that they we were there, we stayed at the man who actually ran the orphanage's house in the city of Port-au-Prince, which is the capital Mm -hmm. of Haiti. Oh
1: yeah, Port-au-Prince.
2: And so they would cook dinner for us every night, and you just you know you ate and whatever it was. Well, one night we were eating a mystery meat, a meat that I was I couldn't identify. It wasn't chicken. (laughs) It wasn't pork. It wasn't beef. Like, it wasn't fish. Obviously. Did y'all
1: eat a lot of fish, though, in general? In that, did y'all eat a lot of fish? Not in
2: Port-au-Prince. In Jockmale, which is in the southern part of the country, there's a lot more of like a fishing culture there and like eating Uh fish. Whereas in Port-au-Prince, man, it's just whatever you get your hands on. I mean, that place is. The the door hinges to hell, like it is it is it is awful there. Which we're um,
1: getting that to the story of eating cat.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so okay. one night we're eating this mystery meat, and I, I say I say to Rico, is his name. I say, Rico, what is this? It's like what do you, I don't. I thought it was a rabbit, maybe. He goes, you know, the little animal. I was like, no, dude, I, there's a lot of little animals. I don't know what little animal you're talking about. And he's like, you know, you know the little shat. And I was like. I was like, I know that French word. That French word's cat. I said, you talking about it? <laughs> meow, meow? He goes, yeah, a cat. I was like, holy cow. I'm eating a cat. <laughs> it's like dark meat chicken. i, I, know, a, I, mean, I be down monster. with it. And, dude, I ate a golden eagle one. one time, too. A golden Caribbean eagle. I ate one of those in Haiti. We ate oh, a goat. Shit. Man, yeah. We oh, ate, I mean, look, like, look, goat, was, no, like no, my, goat, uh, goat look, was like Look, you know.
1: look let me tell you something. White people will talk so much shit about eating a fucking goat. A barbecue fucking goat will make you swear off it's eating delicious. barbecue yeah, pork great, the dude. the rest of your fucking life. Yeah, dude, they would
2: deep fry. I don't
0: know anybody shifts on eating
2: they would they would no, fry Mexican, that goat, dude, a whole yeah. goat. Yeah. A whole goat. Mexican dude, goat is
0: delicious. You have goat tacos in Mexico. Yeah. Fucking delicious.
2: Yeah, and dude, like, freaking the black beans and the rice down there, oh, my oh, God, man. Just, mm, it's so good. The food down there is, there's some of it that honestly is, like, too much for me, like, as far as, like, flavor goes, because they mm. use a lot of garlic, and, like, it's just yep. too garlicky. But, dude, some of that, man, some of, like, the fried pork and, like, the fried oh, yeah. goat and the plantains, they would take plantains and cook them, smash them and fry them, deep fry them, and then sprinkle pure cane sugar on them. Y'all, yeah, I'd fight somebody out in a parking lot for one. <laughs> so good.
1: I fight. I'd fight a crackhead over a needle for some damn fry fried plantains. <laughs> but but they're also frying them. But they're also frying them in animal fat. I'm guessing.
2: Oh yeah, I mean like yeah, using yeah, the whole there's animal. No vegetable
1: like, oil. No, there's yeah. no, 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 no. No 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 Animal fat. Yeah, so it's actually,
2: actually, they actually cooked one night they cooked a chicken in the call fat and like, so the call fat is like the, the lining of the stomach that holds all the contents of the stomach. You Mm got to imagine it's like a spider web of fat and they Mm. actually cooked chicken inside the call fat of a goat and then unwrapped it. And we ate that. It was delicious.
1: God, I want that. I want that. So good.
2: Yeah, dude, they are. All right. Well, speaking of food, I got stories, dude. We could go on. That's a whole nother podcast. We could literally go for two hours about stories from Haiti, man. That we've already wild. gone
1: two hours and twenty four minutes. So we have so many podcasts that we have to we have to branch off from this yeah. that we're gonna do it. But yeah, let's now, it. carry on, son. Yeah. Carry on, way, words on. Words, uh... Whoa, carry on my way words on words
0: on carry on my I don't know the song, but anyway. This is uh light you know of
1: mine,
2: he's lost his mind. I'm yeah.
1: gonna let it shine this little light of mine.
0: I'm
3: there we go. All
0: right, so Speaking of, hold on, he's gonna get real mad. I gotta drop, I gotta put him back in. Oh, he put look in, bitch, he tried to, look he I can bring myself back in. This <laughs> little, anyway, all right, go ahead. Alright. So this is uh I, I I felt like when I first started the show, I wanted to do this rapid fire, and everybody asked a lot of you know the same questions. So I was trying to come up with shotgun, some different shot, ones. Shotgun. Shotgun. Sure, shotgun. So uh, this is, uh, as fishermen, we like to eat sandwiches Anglers. when we're... Uh, Anglers. Angler- God, you're killing me tonight. Anglers.
2: Uh, <laughs> no. English fish Anglers, fish. Anglers.
0: Anyways, we like to eat sandwiches. What are your top three sandwich proteins? Sandwiches. Uh, top three sandwich, sandwich. sandwich
2: proteins. Um, turkey, ham, okay. and capicola.
1: Love Thank it. You. Love it.
2: No problem.
0: Solid.
1: No spinach, no cheese. No cheese.
0: All right, Alex, it's been great having you on, man. We got to do this again. Absolutely. Uh, But we want to thank you for coming on. I know we're just a lowly podcast to your uh, YouTube uh, conglomerate. uh, And and podcasts
1: with Ben. He's killing Because they got a badass podcast. They absolutely
2: do. Appreciate it. Well, here's the deal. Both y'all are coming on my podcast, and we're going to do the same thing. We're just gonna do it live on YouTube in front of, you know, like two hundred of my closest friends and it's gonna be fantastic. Hell yeah.
0: You got it, son. Whenever you want, man.
2: Yeah, awesome.
0: All right, we're gonna shout out Alex. For what? Alex Rick, Yeah, we're not gonna shout out. Alex, hang out for a minute. I gotta play this oh. stupid song because he does No Like it when I just said it.